This is worth... Five, six hundred credits. That's more than you said we'd need. To buy our way out of the control zone and off Corellia. Han, this... This could work. This is gonna work. Kira, you always said one day we're gonna get out of here. This is it. What are we waiting for? There he is. Hey, you two! Stop it there! Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hoth, our hosts, Carl Leclerc and Jason Hunt, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hey everybody and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This is episode number 301, Top 10 Musical Themes, Part 1. I'm as always one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Max Rebo and Size Noodles to my jaw yowza, we have Carl LeClaire. Is that the, are you the serial guy? Uh, no, I, I'm the one who says, uh, good meeting! You know, oh, oh, no! Ah, good meeting! You're the the blue guy. Yeah, yeah, you're the blue elephant on the piano, and I'm the one with excellent lipstick. Don't worry, (laughs) I know who Max Rebo is. Max Max Rebo and probably Malakili are the two sexiest characters in Star Wars. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I would love to be sandwiched between the two of them. On a, on a, I mean, on like a cold Vandor night, I feel like they'd be perfect. Malakili oh. would be like, "I still don't need a shirt." <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> I, I <laughs> thought Lord. they smelled bad on the outside. No. <laughs> <laughs> they do, especially Malakili. I mean, would it would wouldn't you smell bad if you had to clean up all that rancor poop? <laughs> Oh my gosh, Snice Noodles is my lipstick goals. Like she's just my lipstick icon. It's just every morning I put on lipstick, and I'm like, would would Snice Noodles be proud of me? And I think the answer is yes. I think the answer is yes. You know, it's I mean, funny because every morning when I look in the mirror, I'm just like, would Chad Kroger be proud of me? Today? <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah. And I was like, okay, let's get going. Let's get the day going. By the way, it's his reflection that tells him. Yeah, yeah. It's not, <laughs> yeah, it's not even it's me. It's just the reflection looks back and it goes, yeah. <laughs> um, well, everybody, before we kick into the fun of this episode, we got to give, as, as always, a big thank you and shout out to our unofficial, official Patreon spot- sponsor of this episode of the Wampus Lair podcast. This is a big thank you to Anthony, who has, of course, contributed to the Patreon family and has saved yet another Wounded Wampa, who's just trying to catch a tauntaun and catch a break. <laughs> we we greatly appreciate that. All donations are very important to the Wounded Wampa Foundation um, because armless wampas still have feelings, folks. Yes. If we don't save the wampas, who will? Who will? <laughs> I ask you. Luke Skywalker won't. That's no, no, sure. no, no. <laughs> and if Luke won't, you know the only other person who could possibly care about the Wampas is good old Malakili. <laughs> Your hero. Yes. Although, although with lack of shirt, he may not do well on Hoth. So that's oh, why no. we're here. I, think, I feel like he'd be fine. 
So that's I, why he doesn't wear. I feel a shirt. like Tauntauns would he, cut no, him open Malik, and curl up inside. Malik Healy, without the shirt, would end up looking more like Max Rebo because he turned blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, and we have just brought it full circle, folks. That's right. So if if you're wondering um, what we're going to be talking about this particular episode, of course, we're so happy being on the other side of 300 that we're going to revisit some. And to be fair, we haven't exactly done this topic ever, um, but we do. There's some some of the episodes that we recorded really, really on um, nearly seven years ago. Some of our top fives. We really want to revisit one because we've got new films and two. Um, that was a long time ago, and they're hard to access. So who cares? <laughs> you know, we, yep. we're pretty and, sure. And three, we got Katie. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so this particular, this, so this week and next week, we're going to look at our top ten musical themes. So, um, guys, how did we define themes? Because I know we had this discussion ourselves offline. Um, we, how did how did you guys define themes when you were when you were breaking this down for yourselves? Katie. Well, well, for me, it was if something is used one more than three times. I think if it only comes up once, even if it's like for a character, that's not it's not a recurring theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also if something uh, underscores a moment, underscores a character, if you hear something and it reminds you of something else like Leia's theme, you can't hear Leia's theme and not think about Leia. Like even if Leia's not on screen mm-hmm. and you hear her theme, you're thinking about her and how what is on screen relates to her. So that's how I defined theme. I like it. Yeah. yeah. I and I mean I was predominantly thinking of characters um mm-hmm. or or like um like romantic themes like like either in individual characters or you know like coupled themes mm. um or or like any particular theme for uh, like a civilization right like there's an Ewok theme um, and, and I know, Jason, you brought up like, you know, Duel of the Fates a theme, Battle of the Heroes. And I think they are themes. They're thematic elements that are used yeah. in a recurring fashion. So that's pretty much how we're defining themes. Um, Lopty Neck is not a theme. Um, you know, like, as great <laughs> it's as not even in the final uh, edit of the movie anymore. Sadly. Unfortunately. Yes. Lopty Neck. Lopty Neck. Oh, my God. I really wish Nickelback would do a cover of that song. Nobody wishes Nickelback would do a cover of that song. I'm gonna start. <laughs> I'm gonna start a Twitter campaign. <laughs> GoFundMe for GoFundMe for, for Nickelback. Nickelback Star Wars cover album. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by the Wampas Lair. <laughs> um, sure I want my name put to this. Um, <laughs> I'll be surprised if we get less than five thousand pledges. Honestly, I'd be yeah, I'd be surprised if there was less than that as well. So. Um, <laughs> You know what? Folks came here to listen to, 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 to listen to us talk about some great musical themes, and let's not let's not make them wait any longer. For once, there's no honorable mentions, which, by the way, was still hard as hell because when I, I was making a list of all the themes, I, I came up with I think 21, oh and I was gosh. like, "This sucks! I hate having to narrow this down." <laughs> and I was like, "Can we do top 15?" But it's like, no, that will be. Uh, that will be just too much. So we narrowed it down to top 10. So today you're going to hear 10 through 6. And I want to know which of us... Oh, we're on video. So this is what I want to do. You all can't see this, and I apologize. But it's like when you listen to a stand-up comedy album. They're like, oh, they can't see it. It's like, oh, thanks! Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we're going to play rock, paper, scissors real quick. 
And oh. uh, the Larians are just going to have to bear through it. So rock, paper, scissors. So let's go. Okay. Let's go. Rock, okay. paper, scissors, shoot. Okay. Uh, Katie wins. Katie, Katie wins. wins. Yeah. Because I chose rock, the yeah. mightiest option. Yeah. What am I doing with scissors? The hell. The <laughs> Jason picked scissors too, though, to be fair. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm kind of glad Katie won because otherwise I feel like Carl and I would have gone for like five rounds without anybody <laughs> winning. So, so Katie, you just, get to decide. Do you want to go first or last? I I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's go. Yeah, my number ten. I feel like it, this is also good that I'm going first because I I feel like my number ten is cheating a little bit because it's not from any movie. It's from uh, the animated one of the animated series. It's from Rebels. That's totally. And that's totally. That's allowed, not maybe. cheating at all. It's Star Wars music. It's a Star Wars theme. Oh, but like, I, considered, like, I considered the Ahsoka theme for a minute, but it just didn't rank high enough with all my other stuff. So yeah, no, that's fair. It feels like I don't know. It would feel weird to me that like literally everything else on my list is from the movies, and so I'm like, and eh, I'll put the thing from television on at number ten, like at, like <laughs> like I'm sneaking it in there, you know? Totally allowed. <laughs> there are no. There are no. There are no like. Yeah, there are no rules against. Actually, I I'm kind of bummed because I actually really love Ezra's theme, and I didn't think to put it in here because I was just thinking movies. So yeah. I'm really glad you put something in. So what is it, Katie? Well, it's not Ezra's theme. I know. It's Maul's theme from Rebels. Oh wow, I'm so shocked. <laughs> yeah, no, he has a theme. Oh, there it is. you know what it is it builds a bit yeah <laughs> drop that bass <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well yeah you say, it's funny you say it's Snoke like because to me it's very emperor like it's like mm. the emperor's theme especially from the Phantom Menace if you like if you go and you watch the balcony scene with uh, Maul and Insidious from uh, the Phantom Menace it's it's got that that very calm very slow emperor's theme played in there without any vocals and it's just played on i don't know what instrument this is but it's like it's played on the exact same instrument in the phantom menace as as mall's theme is played here so they it's, sound very similar it's probably a cello like a cello uh, yeah or maybe a, a double bass so oh, well i i know nothing about music except how to listen to it like i know how to put it in my ear holes <laughs> i i learned to play the cello for a short time so oh, snap. yes um completely forgotten it all of it pretty much but um, <laughs> yeah but well, yeah no uh cello cello is actually very versatile it can get high and it can get very low and so that either sounds like a low register on the cello or an upper register on the double bass so yeah. well see i hated this theme when i first heard it when when twilight of the apprentice aired of course i loved twilight of the apprentice but then when i found out that this was supposed to be maul's theme i was not here for it because i was like this isn't a maul theme this is an emperor theme and maul's not the emperor and we can't conflate the two and i just got so mad (laughs) 
because because I heard this and and it's and it's sad and it's mournful and I didn't I didn't really think that that's where Maul was in his life until Twin Sons and then as spoiler alert he lays dying in Obi Wan's arms and they talk about the Chosen One this theme is played uh, over that scene and and it it hit me that this is his funeral march like the mm. whole time all of his cameos in rebels have just been a, a farewell to maul really cuz he visits all these different places that uh, you know his old mandalorian bases and dathomir and all these places that were significant to him he visits throughout rebels and his theme comes up over and over again and then finally it ends where it began on tatooine and so i it finally hit me that this theme was just a farewell to him. And it's very sad and mournful and, and a little angry, but, but mostly sad, you know, it's not, it doesn't rage. It's, it's just largely a tragedy. That's what I hear in the song. I hear tragedy. And that's why I hated it at first. I'm like, it's not tragedy until, until it was. (laughs) And now I love this theme. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, you know, Shocking. I've watched Solo a few times since it's been out. Um, and the one, I, I, I couldn't tell. <laughs> the one thing I, I really get bummed about when I, when I have to grapple with the reality that we may not get a sequel, although I love how much Ron Howard and John, Ka- John Kazan are pushing for it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But how cool yes. would it be to see Dathomir in a live action movie? Oh, like, my God. Just, yes. just think how, like, how cool that would translate to mm-hmm. you know a live action film because it's such a unique Star Wars atmosphere and environment yes. to see that in a live action I think would just be absolutely breathtaking and like terrifyingly breathtaking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I got, agree. Like, like these little like you know it would be almost like haunted like you know I'm not saying like ghosts popping up left and right but just like this idea that you know the there's something sleeping in the stone. There's something watching all the time and you can never quite be at ease. And then maybe we do see some night sister ghosts. That would be rad, but just, you know, kind of the theme, the feel of it, I think would be such a good setting. I know to, to you, to use a uh, middle earth uh, analogy. It's like Mirkwood. Yeah. You know, everything, everything's watching you. Mm-hmm. So Carl's yeah. like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> sorry. Right. Not much of the Lord of the Rings type of guy. Yep. <laughs> I know I there's a ring involved and there's a hobbit. <laughs> just the one. Just the one hobbit, though. Are there more than one? <laughs> yes. Oh, Legolas, right? Or whatever? Uh, no. no. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we should move on. <laughs> we should move on before Carl embarrasses himself. Aslan, uh, right? <laughs> all right. Just and kidding. in order to help him avoid that, I will go next. Please, thank God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, my number 10 musical theme in Star Wars is the Imperial March. Oh, uh, hold on. Sorry, everybody. I'm doing the music, so apologies for the, the few second delay. Because I'm, I'm hearing their responses for the first time. Okay, here we go. I think I've heard this one. Just a few times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Figuring down the model notes thing. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> now, you, you might want to bring that down because while that is the traditional, um, you know, obviously bombastic, obviously culturally iconic version of this theme, it's not my favorite uh, moment it's used. 
You're going to have to go all the way back to Attack of the Clones. Interesting. Uh, Who am I? For my favorite statement yeah. of the Imperial March. Um, that's going to be uh, Confrontation Count Dooku right about uh, 2.45. Um, this is as we are winding down in the montage at the end of Attack of the Clones um, and we get the marshalling of the troops uh, on Coruscant. love this and this shouldn't come as any surprise because i've talked about this this moment a lot uh so i I won't belabor it too much but this is my favorite statement of the imperial march the imperial march is is a great theme in general it's great to have when darth vader comes on screen and is powerful and intimidating but this gives us the idea the picture that this theme transcends more than just vader it is the imperial march and this is our first look at the future galactic empire it's supposed to be in a sense slightly heroic slightly triumphant the way it's playing as the clone troopers are marshalling for war to take on the evil separatists but it's foreboding because it's like this is this is not what it looks like this is the the beginning of the end here folks and uh within just three short years the Republic will be reorganized into the first galactic empire and we'll have a theme that will be <laughs> incredible and fantastic. So this is so this is how Liberty dies with sick beats. Exactly. And of course they, they pick up on the fact that, that you know the theme is played a little more positively here um, in Solo and in Rebels when they actually use it as the actual Imperial March uh, in propaganda stuff during the parade in Rebels and the pro- the, uh, the propaganda stuff at the recruiting office in Solo. So, yeah, um, I love this theme. It's a great theme. This is my favorite moment, and it's going to be very difficult for anything Imperial March to top that for me. You know what I love about the solo moment with the Imperial March is that it literally sounds like it's being played over a boombox. Like somebody is following yeah. Vader with like, <laughs> like holding a boombox over their head. The thing, <laughs> yes. The thing I love about it in solo is that it's being played in a major like a major key because it's yeah. it sounds it sounds very like triumphant and victorious and it's very much the good guy theme, right? Mm-hmm. They they kind of trick you. So, I right. really like the way Powell kind of reincorporates it there. Um, it's very yeah. smart. That's how, that's how they played it during the parade in Rebels. So right. uh, it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. good stuff. 
Yeah. It's good stuff. Now, because you brought this right up, I'm going to because I, I was going to sneak an uh, honorable mention anyway, because this is honestly <laughs> what kind of gave me the idea to do this episode, even though the Imperial March is not it probably wouldn't even be in my top 20, to be completely honest, not because I don't mm. like it or anything. I, I, it's a great theme. It's just not one of my favorites. But I love this is my favorite statement of it. And it's when Darth Vader dies at the end of Return of the Jedi. So in case you want to grab this on your own after the show, it's in the track Battle of Endor three at the two minute 45 second mark. And here's what it sounds like. I just love the way that it, it just right. It's just so beautiful. It's it's being yeah. plucked along on strings there, and very very yeah, very high notes and and very very slow. Right, as if it's the music itself. Vader's theme is literally dying because Vader has is vanishing. Anakin yeah. has returned, but Vanik, Vader is vanishing. But it's also like it's it right. It's almost it's mourning his loss too. It's it's just so so beautiful, and that's the music they choose. It's this very emotional moment, um, really in a way about Luke. Yet they choose Vader's theme to give it this mournful feel. And I just I think it's just so beautiful the way John Williams composed it for that particular section. John Williams is a certifiable genius. Um, yeah, yeah. I I love how that's played there too, because because to me it's like it's saying good night, and mm. and I always I always felt like it was you know, because for me when I watched the the OT for the very first time when I was a kid, you know, Vader is this this huge thing. He he's larger than life, and he's scary, and and he's more machine than man. But then when you finally see under that mask, do you remember what that was like for the first time seeing what was under that mask? And for me, it's like, Oh, he's just a man. And the, the score I think underscores that where, Mm. you know, the Imperial March was this large, big bombastic thing, larger than life, but it, it goes so quiet and so gentle like Vader, you know, he was, he was just a man. Yeah. I love I love that one so much. Yeah, I remember Vader first, does go quietly into that good night. Yeah, and I remember the, yeah. I'm, that's so that's so great, Katie. Though to phrase it like that, I I, I do remember the first time I watched that scene and, and finally yeah. saw Darth Vader unmasked. And this is ridiculous, but all I thought was <laughs> this was the man that watched Han Solo get tortured. And I was like, he just. <laughs> I know that's really messed up, but that that was my initial did. thought, and I just thought to myself. He looks so pathetic and sad, and which is mm-hmm. right. That's exactly the point. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it actually was really hard for me to reconcile that that face was the face of terror for the past mm-hmm. three movies, right? Um, yeah. And I think that's so big, right? Because, yeah, that's why he needed the mask. Um, yeah. And, uh, and that's almost mirrored in Force Awakens, right? With Kylo after when he, right, as he kills Han. It, it almost takes the sun dying out so Kylo can be hidden in the dark again so that he can act in such a dark way. Because, you know, I think right. if he had kept that mask on, he wouldn't have had as many issues. He wouldn't have had as difficult a time slaying his father. But the vulnerability of taking it off, right? For Kylo, the mask is, is purely for um, it's, it's purely for show. Vader's is necessity, but also for show. Yeah. So. Right. 
Uh, All right. Well, what's your number 10, Carl? Well, since you didn't squeeze in the honorable mention. <laughs> yeah, of course not. You no, totally didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, thank you. Uh, so mine is, get this, it's a romantic theme. Han Solo. Oh, I'm the, shocked. Han Solo and the Princess, which we, we hear for its first time in, of course, The Empire Strikes Back. And it's this this beautiful theme that we get to you know tell about tell us about the relationship between Han and Leia. The thing I really enjoy about this theme is just how it is so like classical romantic and so light. And you've got two parts, so I'm going to I'm going to turn this up just a tiny bit right here in this section. You've got horns playing over the top with these strings kind of harmonizing with it. And my interpretation of this, and again, I know David W. Collins, but my interpretation of that is the horns kind of represent Han, right? The brassy instruments tend to be a more masculine instrument. Um, strings tend to be more evocative of, of feminine emotion. Um, and it's like these two these two sounds complement each other so beautifully. And what's also so great about this theme to me is that it really represents the, the lighter side of both Han and Leia, right? Leia has been, for the past movie and a half, this tough almost military-like leader and Han has been kind of this kind of crass apathetic character who pretends like nothing can you know get beneath his skin and yet this this piece of music really humanizes them in their relationship and it draws out the gentler side that exists in the two of them and I think this song encapsulates the goodness that they bring to one another's life Leia softens Han and also Han softens Leia and I think this song, this music, kind of beautifully captures that. Now it's yeah. Go ahead. It's just sorry. Uh, so interesting that you have two very brash, very strong, and in their own ways, very hardened characters, and yet when they come together, you get one of the most tender pieces of music in the entire saga. The their love theme is incredibly tender, incredibly gentle. You know, like you're holding a baby bird or something. Um, and these are two characters that are very bombastic, very strong and outspoken. They're not afraid to punch you in the face or yell at you, you know. Um, either of them. walking carpet out of my way. Exactly. You know, they're <laughs> no not afraid to, to get down and, and, and mix it up. But yeah. you put them together in this sort of situation, and obviously, the, you know, sparks and friction happen between the two of them as they begin this romance. Um, you know, he could use a good kiss, um, for example. <laughs> um, but the theme is just so tender and gentle, and it sort of carries them along as they navigate this odd romance that begins to form between the two of them. Yeah, well, you know... Oddly enough, my favorite statement of the Han and Leia theme is not in Empire Strikes Back, um, which really surprised me when I was thinking about that. I was like, okay, I, I love it all through Empire, but my actual favorite statement is in Force Awakens. Um, I thought so. I love this. So it goes from Leia's theme right into their theme. notice here right we don't have any of those the horns don't really come in towards the end it's so it's so much softer than we've kind of ever heard but i don't know 
I know this probably isn't a real thing, but there's something about those the, the violins there that just they almost sound older. They're right. There's such a maturity to the way the theme is played here as if like it tells us they're the same people, but they've been through some stuff. Um, yeah. And, and that's why yeah. I just really love it in that moment, because it's they're still it's anchored. matured. Yeah. They're still anchored in what they first had. But yeah, it's matured. It's grown into something di- um, something different. So, um, yeah. so yeah, that's my number ten. You got any more thoughts on that, Katie? Well, I was just thinking, you know, it's it's hard for me to hear that theme and then imagine, like, to even conceive a future where their son isn't redeemed. Like, you know, they <laughs> they come together, these two hard people, and make, you know, this beautiful soundtrack. And I'm like, <laughs> their son, yeah. yo, their son. <laughs> That's all. That's all I'm thinking. I love Kylo Ren. I stand. No, sorry, Ben Solo. I stand, Ben Solo. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess we're we're round back around to number nine, Katie. What yeah. you got for us? Uh, I'm gonna keep it Sithy. Let's talk about that that Sith theme that that Phantom Menace gave us. The little you know little Sithy whispers. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you have a cute effort? Oh. Ooh. We're all just going to sit here and whisper at each other. I gotta find, <laughs> I'm trying to find this track real quick. My, my bonus. That's all right. The extended soundtrack version on my computer is all the tracks are out of order. It's That's maddening, fine. I tell you. <laughs> can talk about how my favorite time that it's used is when Maul arrives on Tatooine. It's just like, the party oh, yeah. is here. Hello. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That I is... mean, it's used... It's used a lot. It's it's basically this theme is used. It's not a oh, oh did you find it? I thought I heard. Oh, yeah. Here it is. Oh, I guess we just got the car on the first time. Um, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try to. Okay. It, Keep going, Katie. Sorry. Oh, no, it's all right. It, for me, this theme, it, it's not a Palpatine thing. It's not even a mall theme. This this is used anytime the, the dark side is conspiring. You know, I think that's why my favorite time it's used is when Maul shows up. It's because, you know, he has found them. Uh, and it, it's, you know, the, the dark side is, is lingering where the Jedi can't see it. The Jedi refuse to look even because it can't possibly be there. And so the dark side is flourishing and it's, you know, conniving and, you know, just whispering. It's just a whisper right now, but soon it's going to be that bombastic Imperial March. You know it. So love this one. Here's where he comes to Tatooine. And for those of you wondering, <laughs> there you <go. laughs> the words they're whispering are the the first two phrases used uh, for the chorus in Duel of the Fates. Oh, Cora awesome. Rathama. Yes. Oh, my God. That's my boy. That's my boy. He's here. here to shake it up. Oh, my gosh. The Jedi don't even know. They don't even know. <laughs> 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 no, that's a great that's a great thing. And um 
I'm trying to remember if it's played at all in Attack of the Clones. I feel like it might be once, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, but I would have, have loved to have... You know, we, uh, I mean, what we do get in Attack of the Clones... Um, uh-huh. Keep talking, but I'll, I'll grab it. But right when Dooku and, and Sidious meet at the end of the film, we do oh, get, right. we it's do the, get uh, voices. Siren it's not, yeah, it's not... Let me find it. Right there. Right? Ooh, yeah, that like, one. Yeah. yeah. But Katie, even going with what you were just talking about, and I don't mean to like surf you here because you're making your own no, great points, but not at all, right? It's all whispers in Phantom Menace, but now we've got this siren song, right? It's it's much clearer and crisper. It's it's very, very pronounced. Mm-hmm. It's an, oh yeah, the the Clone War itself is a siren song, right? Yeah, it draws the Jedi in as if they're going to be heroes, but it's really to their own demise. Yep. Well, I love the whispers. I think they're great, and I, I would have. I think I would have liked to have seen them make a return in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, maybe slightly, you know, use maybe once or twice. Not not a lot, uh, but obviously they're very active in the Phantom Menace because this is when the the Sith are conspiring, when they are moving, when they are putting all their pieces on the board uh, where they want them. And it's just. I mean, speaky. I mean, the name of the movie is The Phantom Menace, so this is really appropriate. This is, yeah, yeah. To be fair, if you want to hear it more, you can go play Star Wars The Old Republic. I have, like, 14 characters on there, and they use the Sith Whispers a lot, so. (laughs) (laughs) Katie, you could almost call it, you know, a careless whisper. is very seductive for you. You know it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what's happening anymore. That song's called um, Careless Whisperage by George Michael. Uh, yeah, Darth I, I never knew the name of the song. Darth Maul is whispering in my ear. I don't care if it's Sam Whipler or Peter Serafinowicz. It's like, it's all good. Just tell me them sweet words. <laughs> <laughs> At last, we reveal ourselves to the Jedi. To have revenge. Yes. <laughs> whatever you say, baby. Whatever you say. <laughs> so that's number oh, nine right. for me. Number nine. Love <laughs> it. Nine. I love it. What <laughs> you got for back us, Jason? Way. Oh, well, my number nine is actually going to take us to Rogue One. Um, and I was surprised when the when this was not the Rogue One theme. Um, it was only it wasn't used uh, enough for me to want to, to, to keep it on my list. Um, but the theme I did choose from Rogue One is the Guardians of the Wills. Oh yeah, I love this theme. It is a fantastic theme. Oh. I love this theme because it, it, it's very reminiscent of the the Yoda theme. Obviously, and we've talked about this before, but it is a very old sounding theme it sounds ancient it sounds like there's a history and a story and there was there was once something great you know especially as it gets towards the end and it builds there was something great that was here but they're all lost now we're, we're down to the last of them it's it, it seems and and a great order is about to die out much like the jedi did mm-hmm. you know and and it's tragic, it's sad, it tells a story, it has a history to it. Uh, and I just love the theme. Michael Giacchino did a fantastic job. He really did. I'll let it breathe before I tell you my favorite moment. <laughs> 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 
So there, there gives you an idea of the theme. However, let's go to my favorite spot. Um, this is going to be Carl in uh, the Master Switch. Started at around about two twenty. Okay. And this is <laughs> this is when Chirrut. Oops, sorry. Flips the switch. Oh yeah. yeah. One last heroic moment for the Guardians of the Wills. And and then it, it sort of devolves back into the Dies Irae, um, and it comes back slightly when uh, when Baze runs out to, to cradle Chirrut as he's dying. But uh, I get chills every time. You know, yes, obviously Chirrut's my favorite character, and this is one of my most uh, loved and hated moments in the entire film. So I might be slightly biased about this being, you know, my favorite statement of this theme, but it's so good. I get chills every time. It's the last, the last heroic moment of the guardians of the wills. And, and it's amazing and it's wonderful. And, and it's, it serves the greater purpose of the mission for our characters. Um, and it, it vindicates cheer it. Um and and rescues Baze's soul. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I have to fan my face to dry the tears <laughs> on my cheeks. <laughs> they were such good boys. They, they were such good boys. I ah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I love, love this. I love that theme too. I, I I'm mm-hmm. a little embarrassed it's not on my list because Sometimes this is the thing. Whenever you do these, I'm like, "How the hell did I forget that?" That's why this is so hard. So that's why there's three of us here, so we can cover everything. Yeah, <laughs> I love the theme, and I, I really appreciate the way you put it, Jason. That it, it, there is like a history to the song, and right as it does build into that big choir section, it's, I mean, it's very religious sounding, um, which makes sense because they were the guardian of the wills, the Kyber crystals, you know, the Kyber temple. Like the, it is a religious cult. Um, and I don't mean mm-hmm. cult in, 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 in like, a, you know, let's all kill ourselves together cult. I don't mean like that kind of cult. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a religious organization. And the fact that their, their theme hits all those classical notes you would expect from something religious. But Star Wars religion, because like you said, Jason, it, it's so and, – and again, I don't know enough about music to be able to say if there's any actual similarities as far as the notes and chords go between this and Yoda's theme. But the, the so like the statement that I always remember most that is probably my favorite statement too, Jason, because it is so it's so epic and beautiful. But yeah. I my my favorite statement probably besides that is when Chirrut says, "Let them pass in peace," and yes. the way they kind of draw the notes out in that moment, it's like, "Oh my God, that's Yoda's theme." Oh wait, no, it's not. Right? Like it's almost more ancient than Yoda's theme. It, it's it reaches back to something even before Yoda. And yeah, yeah there's like you said, such a history to the song. It's it's wonderful. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And uh, there were quite a few themes from Rogue One that made my initial list. This is the only one that made the cut, though, mm. um, which surprised me a little bit. 
because I had Jin's theme. I had the Rogue One theme. Mm. Um, oh, bloody hell. How did I forget? Well, to be fair, the Rogue One theme is only played when they're marching out, which stinks. Exactly. Exactly. So. Which is why it didn't make the cut. Um, <laughs> so oh. we, we can we can go out to that, Carl. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, no, this is the only one that made the cut from Rogue Oops. One for me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love this song. All right, yeah, you're right. We could go out to that. My bad. My my apologies. So, um, but yeah, I I love Guardians of the Wills, and it's it's definitely deserves its place in the lexicon of the the Star Wars soundtracks. So yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. I think I used the word lexicon correctly. Um, I believe so. <laughs> Your turn, Carl. Number uh, nine. My number nine. Shocking comes from. Favorite Star Wars movie in a long time. <laughs> and it is the Han and Kira love theme Aww. titled Lando's Closet on the uh, solo soundtrack. And this, of course, is a John Powell original theme. This is not John Williams. And uh, the thing I love about this song, first and foremost, it really captures like that old romantic Hollywood feel. Now, yes. I'm not an expert in old Hollywood, to be fair. But there's something when I hear this song, that's where my mind immediately jumps to. Is I feel like I'm watching this old romantic film. Um, feel like feels like Audrey Hepburn should be on the screen. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And there's something even just but about the music too that I really like is. It is so it's so bright and and starts with this kind of like optimistic flair that to me kind of captures the youthfulness of more specifically Han, a little bit of Kira. Han is much more naive than Kira. Um, but right there's like this this youthful hopefulness to it. But if you listen to where the song progresses to right here, listen right here. You almost get like a Dieras Ire sound right here. Right? So even their even their love theme points to the fact that sadly they are doomed, um, and uh, yeah, I just I love this theme so much. I mean, buckle in. I love my top ten. A lot of them are romantic themes. <laughs> this is my favorite kind of Star Wars music. And, yeah. and and to be fair, my so my number nine through six they could jump all over the place. To be completely honest, it was hard to to order them. But I really love this Han and, and Kira theme. And it also reminds me a lot of a classic John Williams piece known as, let me pull this up really quick, Marion's theme from Raiders of the Lost Ark. That just, they feel very similar to me. Mm. Um, and again, I in the same way I couldn't say this with, uh, you know, Yoda's theme and uh, uh, Guardian of the Will Suite. I don't know that there is an actual similarity with the musical notes, but again, Marion's theme kind of captures that classic Hollywood romance feel in the way that Han and Kira's theme does. And I just, I really appreciate how Powell kind of gives a callback in a way to that. So the, the, the tune is very, very similar. Right. Uh, I guess the melody is the, the word I'm looking for. Uh, yeah. It's very similar between those two. It's a great theme. Um, and and definitely you're right. It, it is it's young and optimistic, um, whereas you know other romantic themes like the Han and Leia theme is a bit older, a bit more um, not necessarily naive. Um, and where you know uh, across the stars has definitely got a totally different story to tell. Um, <laughs> right, right. But um, 
but yeah, this one is definitely captures the the youth and the optimism of of Han in particular and Kira to some extent. Yeah. So, and my favorite statement of it though is also the most heartbreaking moment for me in the film, which this is in the the track "Testing Allegiance" at the two minute thirty five second mark, and it's where you get it on the solo piano, their last moment together. Go save Chewie. He needs you. <laughs> You're going to need him. Oh. It breaks my heart every time I see this. Because it's like Han has no idea. And the thing is, is like, you know, I, I, so- I think Han suspects. He suspects, but I don't think he wants. I mean, kind of like Beckett says earlier in the film, you don't want to believe it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It just, I disagree with the folks that say, Kira betrays Han. She does not betray no, Han at no. all. She is clear to him the moment they re-meet on the yacht where she stands. Han doesn't want to see it, and I get that. But this can't happen. She does this ultimately to save him. Um, yeah. Right. So what Kira is doing is quite selfless, right? And we see her heartbreak when she looks down at Han, you know, on the beach there as she's flying off to Dathomir. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- yeah, just this moment, and, and and I love this single piano piece and. This I'm going to go back to things I was I was kind of hoping for before Solo came out is I kind of wanted a Casino Royale of Star Wars. Casino Royale mm. is by far my favorite James Bond film. It's one of my favorite films of all time. And that last moment in the film when James Bond is holding Vesper after she dies and you get their love theme played very slow on this piano. I, I mean, I cry every time I see that part. And this for me is that moment in Solo. And it just it makes me think every time, like, oh, my God, if he only knew. And it just makes me think of all the times it's like, if I'd only known that was my last kiss or if I'd only known that was my last time with that person, what would I have done differently? And it just breaks mm. my heart for Han every time I see that. And it breaks my heart for Kira, too, because I think there is a part of her that would love, like she says, she smiles at the thought of those adventures. But she mm-hmm. can't do it. You know, it can't happen. And She's just, afraid. Yeah, yeah. And it just breaks my heart for the two of them in that moment. So it's, it's, it's my favorite moment with that theme. Yeah. Give us a damn sequel so we can hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, well, because uh, she, she says in the film, you know, if I tell you who I am now, what I've done, you'll, you won't look at me the same. Yeah. And he says, well, you know, nothing you do will make you look, make me look at you any differently. But if they do ever meet again, he won't look at her the same, right? you know? And, and I think that's when, when she says goodbye to him on the elevator, she knows that this is the last time he's ever going to look at her like that. And it's, yeah, it breaks my heart for both of them. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Ugh, so yeah. Uh, Tragic lovers. Uh, oh. More tears. <laughs> <laughs> so Katie, quick. Katie, what's, what's the number eight? eight? <laughs> All right, I'm going to bring it back up because we're going to talk about Ray's theme. We uh, got to talk about it. <laughs> is this is that it? Ray's theme? Yeah, Ray's theme. Yeah, it's number eight for me. Oh, uh, okay. I love me some Ray's themes, and my favorite statement of it is at the end of of The Force Awakens when it's played. Yeah. Oh, at the end of Force Awakens. At the end, yeah, I like it better at the end sure. when it's played. I don't know. Is that the, the major journey? key? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, the journey to Octo. Mm-hmm. Ah, sorry. <laughs> That's when they blow up Star Killer. Here we go. Yeah. Come on. Here we go. 
Like here? Yeah, exactly. We are air conducting so hard. Yes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that so much because it makes everything feel possible. Her journey has begun. Her adventure has truly begun and and everything is possible. I think that's part of what made the, uh, The Force Awakens like feel so good was just that sense of boundless possibility. And that's that's this theme and it's hers and it belongs to her. And boy, howdy. I I did not think (laughs) boy, howdy howdy. (laughs) going in. Well, going into this movie, because I didn't know anything. I stayed away from Star Wars for a year leading up to The Force Awakens. Yeah, torture for you. Yeah. (laughs) No, it was so hard. But I had other things to think about. So I was just all like, just don't think about Star Wars. Just don't even don't even go there. I thought Finn was going to be our main character because he's the main Mm. guy on the poster and he's the one holding the lightsaber. Sure. You know, and so I did not expect Ray to be our main character and to go out of this movie where she has uh, has claimed the journey for herself. And this is this is my story and I am moving forward in it this theme really spoke to me like that. And, and it just, it fills me with, with light and joy and good feelings and goodbye. I'm gone. I'm floating away. <laughs> you know, Katie, <laughs> you know, something I was, uh, I think it's, you know, in that recent article on star Wars.com where they interviewed John Powell about the score for solo. And he talked about his experience meeting John Williams. And when John yeah. first played for him on his piano at his house, the solo theme oh, that he composed. Oh, my God. And he put it into two parts. You know, he has the A section, which is like, the like you know, it's a very heroic mm-hmm. sound. But then the B section is this searching theme. And when I was just listening to specifically the moment you picked, Katie, for Ray's theme, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a searching moment for her. And I, and I do mm-hmm. think there are some really strong parallels between Han and Solo Han in Solo and mm. Rey in Force <laughs> Awakens. And and I think, right, like that's very clear now with the fact that Han quickly takes her under his ring, yeah. under his wing, yeah. right? They both mirror lines in both those films, you know, um, I've been away too long. They both say that line referring to yeah. having to get back home. Um, yeah. And I, I, I just, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Katie, Making you, connections here, folks. Well, then, yeah. and, and he says in Solo, he says, I've waited a long time for a shot like this. You know, yeah. he's just been waiting for a chance. And so that's what he gives Ray. He's um, right. he's like her Beckett. Yes. You know, like, I'm just, I'll give you, I'll give you a shot. You come join my crew. I'll give yep. you that chance. And, you know, to his like surprise, Beckett she's like, nicer. yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beckett was pretty nice up until the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, true. I, I stand. I'm sorry. I love Beckett. <laughs> Um, have, yeah. <laughs> have you listened to, I mean, this is, you know, obviously going back a couple of years now, but mm-hmm. the Star Wars Oxygen episode where David Collins breaks down Ray's theme? No, I haven't. You should. Um, oh, you know, because David Collins and, and I, I, I'm not good at being original. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I mean, case in point is this, the, the Wampus Lair after the Sarlacc pit. Um, but, <laughs> you know, with these, these, these little episodes I've been doing on Patreon where I'm breaking down the solo soundtrack track by track, mm-hmm. I do a lot of what David Collins did on Oxygen, which I personally love so much. So, of course, I'm going to mirror that is he'll talk yes. over the track and he's kind of narrating parts of it. 
Mm. And as he's narrating specifically the end of Ray's theme, and he's like, we're not out of the woods yet. Here comes the... As he's narrating it, I I cry. Like, David is what moves me to tears. The music certainly gets me to that point of where I want to, but David's narration makes me break down and cry. Um, Oh, man. Because he expresses it so beautifully. So if you've not listened to that, I really encourage folks to check that out. Um, I'll definitely cry. Yeah, yeah, you will. (laughs) I'm going to reserve comment on Ray's theme, though. Oh, man. Okay, yeah, that's totally fair. What about you, Jason? I'm going to reserve comment on Ray's (laughs) theme as well. (laughs) Nice. Nice. So, Jason, Um, what is your number eight, then? My number eight um, is Across the Stars. Oh. Oh. Yes, yes. However, Carl, don't go too far. Um, I played this. I had a part from this track earlier, so we're going to go back to uh, Confrontation with Count Dooku in the finale. Uh, Skip ahead to about 335. Okay. so, three thirty-five. Anna, you said right? Yes, three thirty-five. Yes. Ah, crud studs. Here, ah, come on, Carl. There we go. interpretive dance to this <laughs> do it do it you won't oh my do gosh it. challenge I, accepted <laughs> i love across the stars it is a beautiful beautiful piece it is definitely you know a, along the similar lines of han and kira's love theme a homage to classic hollywood romance themes mm. except mm. this one while it sounds beautiful and wonderful and hopeful, it also has that dark side, that tragic side. Yeah. And depending on how you play the same exact notes, it'll sound both lovely and beautiful and wonderful. And then you just tweak it ever so slightly and it sounds like, you know, a tragedy is about to happen. Yeah. And during the wedding, which is my favorite part, uh, my favorite statement of this theme, you get both. You know, oh. you, it's so beautiful and wonderful as the as it builds up, and then you get the big build up with the symbol clash, and then for me, anyways, it starts to sound sad, even as it's huge and bombastic and filling you know the the space on screen and the space in the speakers and everything. It starts to sound sad as it winds its way back down to the end credits. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I love it. I, I love this theme. It's so beautiful, so gorgeous. It's one of the most beautiful things I think John Williams has, has composed. Um, but this this piece um, says so much, and is used so well across both you know uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Uh, but I got to say, the wedding is my favorite my favorite statement of it. So. Yeah. I, I got a reserve comment, so I figured. Same. Uh, yeah. All right, same. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're bound to have somewhere that we all have on our list, but yeah, mm-hmm. no, that, that's 
Um, yeah. I'm going <laughs> to I'll wrap that up there, and we'll, we'll move on to your number eight, Carl. All right, so i got to say this right now. Eight, seven, and six could be in oh. any different order depending on the day. This is the day that when I when I put this all together over the weekend. This is this is how it landed out, and I don't know if if I'm if I'm really quite there with this, but I don't know if this really ought to be only at number eight. But I got to go back to my boy, Mr. John Powell. <laughs> give it to up for Chewy's theme. Oh, oh nice. good as this song oh, it's so good oh, it is amazing I, the whole soundtrack is fun oh, it really I mean, is I, yes so you know the, oh. the couple of the things i want to i want to point out about the track in particular is uh, john powell uh, is evidently he's known for this i didn't know this until recently um but he's known for his his incredible use of percussion and that really shines in this particular track flying with yeah. chewy the way he uses these these percussion instruments um for me what it really captures is kind of this tribal sound that is indicative of chewy and the wookie culture in a way right like when mm. you think of the wookie culture it's 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 primitive but noble and and primitive not in the sense of like stupid but primitive in the sense of 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 just simple and beautiful and those those drums really capture that and then just the way the music just sweeps and swells you know it really it, to me just captures this inherent nobility that belongs mm. to Chewie right that's yeah. that's who he is as a character is he's just he's just good and i love it because it brings out what is so good in han but it it i think it's it you know Chewie is what triggers that Chewie's mm-hmm. just inherent nobility and goodness brings that out of Han as well. And, you know, my favorite statement of, of Chewie's theme in Solo comes in the track Mind Mission. And, of course, it's that moment when <laughs> Chewie sees, uh, you know, the Wookiees being carted off. And this is in Mind Mission at the two-minute, two-second mark. There you go. Sorry, I just like I can't not li- I can't listen to that that moment and not like tear up. And uh, you know that that reminds that reminds me of Chariot's moment that I talked about yeah. earlier. Aww. You know, it's just and and like specifically hitting on that nobility of Chewie. Yeah. Chewie has you know he is slowly buying into to being with Han, but like. His deeper mission is finding his tribe, finding his family, find, you know, saving his people. And he sees this and he has to act. And, and again, I love, you know, I love the music in and of itself, but I also I love what happens visually here. We see Han again, you know, it's his, his Return of the Jedi moment, pouting, you know, fine. And then Chewie, 
You might need this, right? Like, you know, and the smile of I hope I see you again sometime. Like, it's just Chewie's nobility brings out Han's. Like, yeah, Han doesn't go with Chewie to join the fight, but he does help Chewie by giving him a weapon, right? Yeah. Um, that sounds a little awful. <laughs> like, gives him a weapon. <laughs> but, uh, you know what I mean? You know, and yeah. uh, just that, that moment, like, Chewie stops and, like, he, he, he can't do he, – he has to do this first. And I also, like I said, it it's the goodness I think belongs to Chewie first mm. and then it trickles into Han. You know, it, it it's like when you surround yourself with good people, it brings out that goodness that already exists within you. Because I do firmly believe we are all inherently good. And when we surround ourselves with good people, they're going to just draw that out of us. Um, and that's what I see with the Chewie theme with Han um, specifically. And I love it too, just in a personal way, because when I hear that that theme, it makes me remember that I'm good too, and like Aww. Chewie makes me feel good, and yeah. it's like I can be good like Chewie too. You so. would definitely like ruffle your hair, yeah. 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 The, oh, I want yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> the song makes me feel like like Chewie is this the shepherd almost, yeah. you know, yeah. like because because he's been with so many of our heroes for so long and and helped them and. You know, I, I maybe not guided them. He's guided some of them, sure, but you know, he, he's always surrounded himself with good people as well and kept watch the over people. them. Yeah, it makes me it makes me think of you know Han being like Chewie. You can't help me, the princess. You have to take care of her now. Yeah, you know. And then the end of the Force Awakens when when uh, Rey's about to go off on her adventure and Chewie just looks at her and and she uh, smiles. Yeah, like. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. This this theme really captures that for me. That, like I said, like he's like he's a shepherd or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Choose the ultimate oh. enabler of goodness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we, we get it where uh, Kira tells Han, "You're the good guy." And he's yeah. like, "I'm mm-hmm. not." Yeah. You are, but you got to have someone in- inherently good and inherently noble like Chewie. Yep. To make you, you know, actually realize it and act on that. Yeah. So that's why yeah, in my previous moment, go save Chewie. He needs you, and you're going to need him. Aww. And then that's exactly what Han, you know, Han has matured by Empire because he then gives Chewie to Leia. You know, he's basically saying, mm. Chewie, stay mm-hmm. with her because she's going to need you, and you'll need her. Right? Like mm. I feel like Han is now finally internalized the lesson that Kira taught him. So. Um, Thanks, Kira. Thanks, Chewie. Yeah. God, I'm going to cry. I love – I have to go watch it again now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. Let's just watch it right now. Let's go. Okay, Let's so do it. We'll be back, everyone. Jason, yeah, continue. <laughs> I don't have it yet. <laughs> we'll just, I'll just share screen with you, bud. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. I can do that. Um, I'll, I can do that. Um, so, Katie um, – or yeah, Katie. Is it my turn? It's your I turn. So. Number Lucky number seven. Lucky number seven. We're doing Poe's theme. Oh, and yeah. Don't pull it up okay. yet. I have like a specific timestamp for you. <laughs> All right, my friend. Okay, one. Okay, okay. I'll give you time to search for it. I want you to bring up exactly uh, one hour, 16 minutes, and 26 seconds into The Force Awakens. Oh, I got to pull up the movie. Hold on. Give me a second. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no yeah. worries. I'm going to talk no, a good. little bit. Wait, tell one, me that timestamp one more time. One hour, yep. 16 minutes, and 26 seconds for all of you playing at home. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yep. I got it. I'm. I'm <laughs> I have it cued. Perfect. So you just, you well, just tell see, me when you want it. Uh, this this blows my mind because I didn't know Poe had a theme. 
I, I'm Poe Hot Dameron over here, <laughs> and I didn't know Poe had a theme. I just thought I just thought it was all March of the Resistance. Mm. Like, if you played me, you know, when uh, Takadana, you know, and the March of Resistance, you know, blares in, Jason hit me with it. What's, you know, bum, bum, no, what is it? Oh, gosh, I can't, I can't do it off the top of my head. I love it so much. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, no, that's all right. But yeah, so, <laughs> so March of the Distance rolls in and the fight scene goes on for a little while. And then I guess Poe's thing kicks in when he flies on in. And that's the timestamp I got for you, Carl. You ready? And I, I, oh. I just thought real quick. Yeah. I just thought it was a continuation of, of the resistance because it feels so triumphant. It just felt like the natural climax of the song. But no, it's just Poe being awesome. Just my boy. So yeah, hit us. Hit us with it. Let's do it. That's one hell of a pilot! Oh, I love him. I love him so much. And I love the way this track makes me feel a lot like Ray's theme. It's just all about how good it makes me feel inside. And you you can kind of see what I mean, right? Doesn't it just kind of feel like a natural extension of the March of the Resistance? It's just perfect, right? Yeah, it just, you know, it just goes to show Poe's the one. He's the one who's going to carry the resistance into the future. That's him. It's they're, they're baked into each other. They're, 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 they're poetry. They rhyme. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, George. They're poetry. Poetry. <laughs> poetry. Hey. <laughs> oh, Pomeo, Pomeo, wherefore art thou, Pomeo? <laughs> <laughs> and she's all like, I'm Ray. He's like, I know. <laughs> I'm Poe. I don't know who you are. I'm Poe. <laughs> I'm Poe. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, we get that. It, it's you could almost say. It, I, I'm wondering if musically speaking, that's technically a motif more than a theme because it right it doesn't mm-hmm. have like a concert moment, but mm-hmm. it, it's. I think it's still. I mean, it's his theme, even if it is more technically speaking a motif. But the, we first hear it in Force Awakens when they're escaping from the Star Destroyer. Yes. And it's right after Finn destroys the, the turbo lasers and they're flying through the Star Destroyer. But we also Did you hear- see that? Yeah. Did you see that? I, I saw, saw it. <laughs> <laughs> and, but we also hear it again at the beginning of Last Jedi when Poe's pulling off his great stunts, you know, taking out the, the surface cannons on the Dreadnought. So it's very clearly – it very clearly belongs to him because it's only ever played – in conject- connection to his incredible piloting skills. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my gosh, I love I love that opening of the Last Jedi when he's when he's taking out those surface cannons, and then he does that thing where he like leans into the console and flips around three hundred and sixty yeah. degrees. Oh my gosh! Like wait, no, not three sixty, one eighty. He turns he turns yes. about face. Yeah, I know math. I know <laughs> numbers. Hi. <laughs> I'm good with all the numbers. <laughs> Jason, I believe I believe somebody can, goes up to a certain uh, captain and says, you know, he, he, he'll never petri- penetrate our armor. <laughs> um, He's not trying oh, to God. penetrate our He's armor. He's not trying to penetrate our armor. He's trying to take out our surface cannons. We need to scramble our fighters. Five bloody minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> love, it. Oh, love, love it. Love it. <laughs> 
He says that every time Hux hangs up, you know, Kennedy immediately goes twerp. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is now Wampus Lair canon. Yes. Um, Love it, yes. So that's a great uh, pick, Katie. That's a that's a great pick. I love it. Um, Thank you. Yeah. It's exciting. It's epic. And it's just cool. Yeah. And it's um, perfect for number seven because Poe could get lucky with number. Yeah. Hey-o! Yeah. Anyway. Hey-o! <laughs> He'll look at that photograph. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but you know, that's a great point you made too, Katie, about the fact that it is like you always just assumed it was part of the resistance theme. Mm-hmm. The fact that it is kind of buried in it, I think, is like you so expertly put it. You know, he is he is the. He's going to be the one to carry this. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yeah. I love him. Sure. Good old Poe. I love him so much. Good old Poe. <laughs> Good old Poe. Watch him on Star Wars Resistance October 7th. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming up. It's coming up. Yeah. Um, I, I swear, if, if Finn doesn't say, good old Poe, at some point during episode nine, I quit Star Wars. Oh, yeah, <laughs> what's even the point? What's the point if we never hear good old Poe? Yeah. I right. Mean, there definitely won't be any more Wampusler. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, no, that, that, that's going to be the straw that breaks this camel's back. Or should I say <laughs> right. tauntauns? Yeah. Um, <laughs> right, exactly. So, so. No, we kid. Um, what is your number seven, Jason? <laughs> well, my number seven uh, is a far cry from the epic awesomeness of Poe Dameron's theme. Um, we are going to go to a dark, scary place. Um, the Emperor's theme. Ooh. Or should I say Ooh. <laughs> Come on, get there Here we go <laughs> yeah, did, oh and my it's gosh. not evil it's yeah. not evil in in the way that you know something like an imperial marches mm. or general grievous's theme is um or anything like that this is like scary this is like under current primordial frightening this is yeah. He, he's he's the monster under your bed. He's yeah. the scary shadow in your closet. He's the one that's always there when you don't want him to be there and you can't quite see him. Ooh. You know, hence the Phantom Menace. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I love this theme. It's so dark and eerie and and wonderfully deliciously evil. Um <laughs> And, and I'm a bit partial to Palpatine anyways. So Go I got a little bit of theme. Go for Papa Palpatine. <laughs> what the hell's an aluminum falcon? Uh, <laughs> oh, jeez. Crying. <laughs> He's crying. <laughs> Love you too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But the the... I, I wanted to make sure that we got the actual theme played because my favorite statement of this theme doesn't sound anything like that. Um, can we please bring up Augie's Grand Municipal Band? Yeah, yeah, do we it. can. <laughs> do it. Um, 
do it. All right. Oh, good Lord. Well, I can't believe you're counting this as your favorite statement of it because that's just different. But then again, it is. this it is counts. why I did a podcast with you, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. So play it, and then I'll tell everybody who, has, who doesn't know why this is the episode. Listen to the kids. Yeah, the kids throwing confetti. <laughs> Be sure to clean it up. Peace! <laughs> Break it down, Jason. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> This this is amazing, and I have to thank David Collins for bringing this to my attention because I had no idea until he said this on Star Wars Oxygen years ago. Um, the the kids' chorus in Augie's Grand Municipal Band is the Emperor's theme flipped upside down in a major key. Um, it's inverted and upside down, so that it's it's the same melody. It's just happy, you know. And the creepy thing about all this is you got the Emperor's theme, which we've heard throughout The Phantom Menace, in the happiest, most joyous moment of the movie. And he's still there. The Phantom Menace is still present, even at the end, when everybody's happy and everybody's celebrating. It's devious. It is so devious, and I love it. I mean, I love the track in general to begin with, so it, it was already kind, almost a no-brainer when I you know, picked this as my favorite moment of his theme. But I love it because of what it says about him and his plans and the fact that even though our heroes were successful, so was he. Mm. He got what he wanted out of the crisis on Naboo and uh, his plans just come to fruition with the Clone Wars 10 years later. So it's his victory. It's his victory. Ultimately we think it's ours, but it's really his and, but it's not, (laughs) but it's not. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Little Annie looks at him. He goes, Oh, Supreme chancellor. We won. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Charger's like the victory is ours. No one's <laughs> <it's laughs> Yahoo! I mean, yes, yes, of course it is. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, I I love his theme in general. It's a great theme, but I gotta I gotta say this is my favorite statement because it's just so sneaky mm. and yeah. brilliant, and and John Williams certifiable genius here uh, for doing that. Um, I. I never picked up on it until David Collins had to explain it to me. Um, Personally, so yeah, called up Jason. He's like, Jason, listen, yeah. right. I'm about to record this <laughs> like, podcast, look, I'm a- but before I do, I want to run something by you. <laughs> <laughs> tell me if tell me if this makes sense to you. Oh my god, my mind is blown. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. So so it works. Yes. <laughs> good. Good. Because I'm putting it on the podcast this week. Oh, okay. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so th- there you go. I, I don't have much more to say about that, but yeah, Emperor's theme. 
Yeah, it's it, it. It was one that I wanted to get into my list somehow, but it just wasn't going to happen. And I'm so glad you brought it up because the thing about the Emperor's theme that I really like is it's probably the most eerie and creepy piece of music in all of Star Wars. I mean, we have mm-hmm. you know we have bad guy themes, and even you know mm-hmm. like Duel of the Fates, like there's you know and and like the the Sith whispers, Katie, that you talked about, like they're yeah. they're you know they're ominous and and whatnot, but there's just something so creepy about the Emperor's theme. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I used to, back in the day when I used to play Super Return of the Jedi on Super Nintendo over at my cousin's house, one of the final maps where you have to fight the Emperor, it's literally just his theme on loop, but you know, like in that 8-bit uh, version. And, yeah. and, I, and I just fell in love with it because I was like, I don't care how many times I die because I just get to keep hearing the song. Um, and <laughs> that is, it's so, it just so perfectly captures him because, you know, and, that, the, and it's the first time we ever get a choir, you know, chronologically speaking, um, release-wise, in a Star Wars film. It's the first mm-hmm. time George ever used a choir for Star Wars music besides the, the high vocalist in mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, the flight to Bespin. To, to yeah, make the, the siren, siren song. song. Yeah. But you know, that's just a very brief moment. This is the only... But this is a theme that uses it. And it's right this deep men's choir. And, you know... Um, yeah, it's just so darn... It's just so darn creepy. It's, it's great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you brought up the video games because now I feel less weird talking about video games. <laughs> Cause, no, uh, no, definitely oh bring them in. I'm, some, I'm about to spoil um, uh, one of some of the end game content game. for Star Wars The Old Republic, which is the, the MMO. Not, I'm not talking about Coder, but this is a spiritual successor to Coder, just called uh, The Old Republic. And uh, this content's fairly old now, like one or two years, but I feel like a lot of people listening haven't played it, so sorry. (laughs) Please play it. It's amazing. Like some, I'm sorry, small tangent, but some of the best Star Wars content being written to this day is in Star Wars The Old Republic. Like Mm -hmm. they're coming out with new story content like within the year. Like they're still writing stuff. So if you're hungry for KOTOR, if you're hungry for old EU stuff, and you're like, you know what, I miss Revan. You, the old republic still exists and they're still making new stories so what are you doing what are what are we doing here come on just yeah come play the old republic with me do it okay and it's free now right yeah oh yeah it's free to play uh you get more stuff if you pay for it but you can it's free to play Where do you yeah. play it huh what does one play it on a, a pc i don't have a pc oh sorry yeah that's probably on, not- on your computer yeah yeah okay it's probably not <laughs> mac friendly Oh yeah, I don't know. No, it, it's Mac friendly. My, I have no uh, idea. Kyle Kyle Baca plays it on a Mac or played oh, it on a Mac. Interesting. So. It's, is it an RPG like Kotor? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, you get to make your own choices and make yeah. your own character. It's sweet. You can be a smuggler. You get to, you can be like a Han Solo type dude, and that story is actually I, really sweet. Can yeah. I, Car- Carl's not an MMORPG. I, I don't really guy. like RPG stuff. Oh, though. But that's the thing. Oh, you don't like RPGs not where really. you get to make your own choices? Those are the best ones. I, re- ah! I reserve my choice making to you know as little as possible. So uh, all right, okay. <laughs> no, all right. Anyway, yeah, no, I I mean I know people love it. I'm just not a big RPG person. Yeah, no, that's fair. I love RPGs where you get to like sure. you get to build the story and your your choices affect the story. I just oh, it's catnip to me. Just <laughs> yeah, I, I want that all the time. Anyway, <laughs> that's so cool. They're making new content still, though. I had no idea. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. Oh yeah. No, it's it's still mm-hmm. they're still, still going releasing new stuff for that game, and it's and it is still considered um, old Good EU. Game. It's it's legends. It's still considered mm-hmm. legends. So um, it's it's not. 
new canon, so they're still making Legends content. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, get on that. It's a great game. So, but spoilers for some of the end game stuff here. I'm just about. I'm like, go play it. I'm gonna ruin it here. <laughs> <laughs> When you get up to, uh, you know, uh, really high levels and, like, you know, past uh, end game, like, past the, the end of your story, uh, your character's story, um, a new character shows up and sets himself up as, like, uh, as like a mentor figure to you. Um, he actually used to be um, the uh, emperor of a, of a now-fallen empire. In fact, this, this story is called uh, Knights of, uh, or it's just called Fallen Empire. Um, but he sets himself up as a mentor and, you know, he follows you along while you're making choices and questions you about your choices. And it's kind of cool. And it's also kind of creepy because he's getting real personal. And then you find out that what he has been doing is getting to know you so that he can hollow out your mind and possess you. Yeah. Like he's just going to be you now and live in your skin. And it's horrifying. And, and that's when they hit you when like you both journey because it's the force and the force is weird. You journey into your mind and he's in there. He has invaded your mind and he's like, guess what? I'm going to wear you like a meat puppet. Enjoy. That's when the emperor's theme hits like that. Ooh, and it's uh, so effective because it's so creepy and you kind of forgot to take this dude seriously because he was just, you know, you just, you just kind of forgot he was just there and, and it, so good chef's kiss like oh perfect (laughs) perfect (laughs) loved it ah nice that's so good yeah oh maybe that'll get folks excited to play old old republic now yeah no it's it's a real good game it's got got a lot of cool star wars stuff in there nice Mm -hmm. all right Mm Back to the list. Carl, you get, yes. you're get you at number seven, right? Number it's your seven. lucky number seven, yes. Yes, indeed. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mellow this out again. And <laughs> Anakin's theme. And Aww. to be completely honest, there's a lot of nostalgia with this song, which is why it is at number seven, not at eight, because I do actually feel like I like Chewie's theme more. Um, but I love... I've, I've loved Anakin's theme since 1999 when I first heard it on that soundtrack and I was listening to it on my CD, Walkman out on the front lawn, sitting in our hammock, reading the Phantom Menace novel. Whew, those, were, <laughs> those were the good old days. Um, and so the, the first note I made as I was making my notes for this particular track was, if Innocence had a sound, this would be it. Um, and that's why I yep. love love this piece so much. It's, it's just so, so beautiful. And right in the, in typical John Williams fashion, like it's it, it's weaved in and out of Phantom Menace once Anakin shows up. Um, the thing I like so much about it too is is this sense of innocence captures who Anakin is in Episode One. But not only is it speaking directly to Anakin, but again, Phantom Menace is ultimately the story of the good days before things went bad. Right. So I think um, through Anakin himself he mirrors the goodness that exists still in the galaxy before it's been completely corrupted by Sidious and his machinations. Um, so I love it. And, and you know, if you listen to the piece, the almost the entire piece, if actually, I think the entire piece is specifically the concert suite. It's all violin. It's all string instruments. Um, I, there might be a little bit of a horn section again. I don't know, but it's predominantly driven by string instruments, which again, like string instruments are all about um, emotion, right? They're about exhibiting emotion. And I think in a way it's perfect that that's the instrumentation choice 
for Anakin's theme because what else also defines Anakin is he's emotional, right? Yeah. He is the most emotional character, I would argue, in the prequels mm-hmm. um, for better and worse, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so the fact that his theme is so driven by the string instrument captures that sense of um, emotion he has. And then I want to fast forward a bit towards the end of the song because obviously right 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 there the way it just seamlessly matches into the imperial march too right so this song this innocence of anakin is also leading him towards the corruption of the dark side um and surprisingly it was i was really shocked when i was thinking about okay where's my favorite moment with this track and you want to know where it comes where yeah i do are you sure you want to know? I really, yeah. I, like, no, I don't. We're going to just stop the episode Yeah, no, right yeah. Here. Jason and I are just going to walk away. Like, we're done. Bye, okay. Carl. Well, it's actually an Attack of the Clones. And you're probably <gasps> saying to yourself, what? Yeah. I didn't even know it was in there. So, again, thanks to, I believe his name was Ryan, um, who back in the day sent us these ultimate soundtracks for both Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, so that we do almost have all the music. And the track is titled The Meeting of Anakin and Padme. Unfortunately, it's not on the actual um, regular release. Um, but this, this takes place um, when Anakin and Padme first meet for the first time in, uh, in Attack of the Clones. And we have him saying how beautiful she is. And then we're going to get a rendition of his theme. Um, here it comes. My goodness, you've grown. And then he starts talking. Opens his mouth, and I just I love it. I mean, for a senator, I mean, (laughs) Annie, you'll always be that little boy I knew on Tatooine. Oh crap! There goes a date. Perfect though. That's perfect though. The way you talk about like the innocence of Anakin, right? And you know, he'll always be that good person to her. Yeah, you know, always be that little boy I knew on Tatooine. Katie, that is so darn good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. that's, that's in a way what she really loves about him. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I love that that obviously still, it's a, it's a great musical re- reminder right at the start of this movie that Anakin is still very much that, that good, innocent person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I just, I love that we get that statement of an attack of the clones. So that that's, good, yeah. that's my number seven. Wow. That's what a great. good one. That's yeah. great. Uh, Anakin's theme is a great theme. It's never been one that's been high on my list because, in case you hadn't noticed, my lists uh, tend to uh, inquire, you know, have a lot of you know big loud music that fills your ear holes. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but that being said, it's a great theme, um, and of course, you know, I love at the end how it how it you know sort of quotes the Imperial March, you know, hinting at what's to come. And as soon as you started to play the music, Carl, for your favorite moment, mm-hmm. I remembered hearing it in, in Attack of the Clones. I, at first, when you said it was Attack of the Clones, I was like, where is it? I'm racking my brain and I'm trying to figure out. As soon as you started playing the music, I was like, oh, yes. Um, because yeah, it is. I never it, noticed it. Yeah, I it, never noticed it either. Yeah. It's yeah. there. It's subtle. It's not very you know um, obvious, but it's there. And, and you're right. Anakin is still – he's still that – that innocent kid in many respects um, now with a hormone deficiency, but you know, or not deficiency, but a hormone imbalance. Um, 
thanks to puberty. But um, I think that's just I think it's just all the midichlorians messing around. <laughs> that's, so. that's also possible. Not even, not even Master Yoda has a midichlorian count that high. That's why he's so short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the higher your midichlorian count, the, the taller you are. No, that's, that's why Vader, you know, grew about six inches from Anakin. Um, so. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but no, that's a great, it's a great pick. Yeah, well, let's let's get them down to our our last picks of the evening then with uh, our number sixes. Katie, oh six six six, that's terrifying. Um, oh, no. <laughs> order, no, I'll just pretend there's. Still I won't. Get, I won't or, give mine. I'll just wait till next yeah. week. I'll be like, I, I like this number. <laughs> this number makes me well not happy, but. <laughs> I refuse to be happy. Keeps me satisfied. Um, it brings evil feelings to my heart. <laughs> Whatever's left of it, that shriveled, gnarled, you know. <laughs> the, the actual physical, you know, organ that beats. Um, you know. <laughs> it gives me heartburn. All right. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Number six. My number six is going to be Leia's theme. Oh, uh, that's, yeah, that's gorgeous, beautiful, yeah. beautiful theme. Um, sorry, one second. All right. Uh, uh, Do you want me to tell you what my favorite where where that is? No. Um, well, okay. yeah, but uh, <laughs> what, wait, hold on. Where are you? Well, Leia? no, but yes, but no. <laughs> she just wants to play the theme first, and then that's so go fine. ahead and start talking. Why uh, the flip? Can I not find this? Um, Leia, All right. it's theme? just absolutely gorgeous, is what it is, <laughs> and I love that it belongs to her. There's, there's not oh, a ton. Stuff. Yeah. Oh, you found it. There it is. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. This concert suite version, right, is obviously wonderful. Oh, there it is. So yeah. that to French horn, I believe. Yep. I wish you could see how we're all just sort of like sitting and absorbing the music. Yeah. (laughs) I miss her. I miss her so much, you guys. Yeah. And just the song, to me, she's royalty. Mm. That's the song is it's royal and it's it's beautiful. I love it so much. My my favorite use of it is in The Last Jedi. Um, it's at about um, uh, 31 minutes and 33 seconds. Um, it's the, you know, you guys are going to laugh, but it's the Leia Poppins moment when she's I, flying through I space. Love oh. I love it so much, you guys. Yeah, uh, I, I 
pulling up that movie is going to be impossible. That's why I hate streaming movies. Um, oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, I admit, that's the thing. I have all through seven like on my hard drive, which is great because they're mm-hmm. super mm-hmm. easy to go through. But streaming is terrible for that. So that's I, all right. I hate that you can't just download. So I'm going to try to find the track at least quick off the soundtrack because I know it is in the soundtrack too. Oh, cool. Um, well, I'll just talk about it a yeah. little. Um, I This moment makes me cry, you guys. Just every time I see it, I just start bawling because, again, it, it belongs to her. There's there's very little, I think. Well, not not very little, but there's not a lot that belongs to Leia. Like, that's... There's not a lot that's completely hers. Like even, you know, her son is he's off and he's doing his own thing. You, you know, like, oh, did you find it? No, I thought I did. Sorry. That's this okay. Is... But like, you know, so Luke gets to go off and have his own adventures all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And he gets to do his own cool things like all the time. You know, not so much with Leia, but this moment when she flies through space, this this is hers. Mm. It belongs to her. It's her own moment of power. It's her own moment of she she's not done. You know, her her story could end here, but she's not done. And she just refuses to quit. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the way the way her the way the camera focuses on her hand. You know, her fingers outstretched. She's just, she's absolutely resplendent in that moment. You know, all that, that stardust around her, like diamonds. She's, she's royalty. That's what she is. She's nothing less than royalty. Yeah. That's, that's great. And, and I know there's people out there who, who can't stand the moment. I love it. I, yeah. I loved it from the first time I saw it. Uh, and it's a great moment. And it is, this is Leia. She's able mm-hmm. to, you know, She's more than just the military leader. She's more than just a a political figurehead. She has the force. She is strong in the force, even if she's not necessarily professionally trained, you know, or, or, you know, fully trained um, as a Jedi. She's uh, still able to utilize it and still able to utilize it with authority. Mm. Um, And and it keeps her alive. And she's partially. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But um, but it's a great moment. It's a great scene, and uh, everything else cuts out. The audio cuts out, and because you, you see, you know, Poe and Connix and everybody, you know, screaming and yelling to get her in. Um, yeah. But but you know, and I I love the the uh, the premonition that happens because as she comes back into the uh, <laughs> into the. Um, the bridge and she cuts through the hologram of Snoke's ship right where Holdo crashes through. Yeah. So um, I, I love that, you know, that whole moment. And it's a great thing. Uh, great use of her theme there too. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. This is, so. this is probably getting a little too metatextual, but you know, in, in the original Peter Pan play, when uh, Tinkerbell almost dies and Peter calls out to the audience, you know, do you believe in fairies? Clap, clap if you believe in fairies. And everybody, everybody's supposed to clap, you know, and it's, it's your love for her that saves her. You know, it's everybody clapping that, that saves her. And, you know, it, it's one thing when this happens in a movie and it's another thing when, when the character calls out to the audience, you know, it, it breaks that, that wall in a way. And if the force is what connects all things, I feel like my love for Leia is what saves her because I don't want her to die. 
in that moment. Mm. And she, it, it resonates with her. It reaches her because she's not done. And her fingers are outstretched towards mine. In a, in almost, you know, she, she's reaching towards the screen. Yeah. She's reaching towards me. And, and she lives. <laughs> that means a lot to me. Yeah. I can feel yeah. it. <laughs> it's real. I sound crazy, but it's real, you guys. It's real. <laughs> I mean, the, the, Carl said crazier things on the show, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, you're um, fine. It's that, yeah, it's that transformative. It's that experience, you know. That's I, I, I love art. You know, I love, I love movies. I love that, 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 that transformative experience between the art and the viewer. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, and the thing I think that's so important that, you know, because you had so many, you know, people saying like, oh, that should have been the moment she died, right? Especially since no. they knew she died. <laughs> I disagree for so many reasons. One, I mean, even just the practical reason is they, they, they'd finished filming. They were done. The story was told. They were editing. They were putting it all together when she passed, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're yeah. not going to go back and take away all the brilliant work she did for the end of that movie because mm-hmm. of the unfortunate, you know, death of her. Um, and I think it's, it's so important to the story there because Poe's still not ready to be what, yeah. what he needs to be. He still needs her and right. he needs her to mitigate him and Holdo too, right? Like if Leia had died there, his mutiny would have just failed and boom, everything would have just failed, right? Yeah. Like, and you needed, you needed Leia to be the one who mediates those two characters in a way. Mm. Um, her story's not done yet, and she knows that, and that's why she's able to come. You know that that power of will, and I, I mean, I still visually think it's a goofy. Like for me, it's still silly looking to me, but I don't dislike it because I love that she has the force. It just makes sense. Um, it looks different because we've never seen somebody use the force in space. Um, but you know what else is silly and, and actually stupid? A singing <laughs> droid in space from Rebels. Now that's dumb. <laughs> So, sorry, I hate that so that much. That was damn magical, Carl. Uh, How dare you? I, I mean, that's fine if it's your cup of tea, but I will throw that cup on the floor um, and say, no, sir. But uh, be that as it may, Leia's moment there is beautiful. And I, it, like you said, Katie, like when we're, we're seeing her fingers move, that's all the Force theme too, right? Which is, yeah, again, yeah. musically telling us this this is Leia, the son or the, the daughter of Anakin Skywalker. Of course the force is in her. Of course Luke has taught her some stuff. Um, And what she's doing isn't really that, you know, unheard of. People are like, how does she get that powerful? How is she a Jedi? It's like she's just doing force pull. Like that's not that hard a thing to do. It's Um, it's, it's a force pull. She's grabbing the ship and pulling. And because the ship is so big and she's so small compared to it. She's the one who moves. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, so. like, and the, wasn't the whole point is that the difference is in your mind. Right. You know, all the all things are possible. Yes. You know, the, my size, do you? Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, then Luke is like, you asked the impossible. But that the, the point is that all all these things are possible. And it's only the ego and the sense of self that gets in the way. You know, the. You're the one getting in your own way, right? You know, yeah. So Leia has, um, unless it became, you know, a rom- romantic entanglement, Leia has never been in her own way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and but just even going to her theme, though, there's something, mm-hmm. and, and just think about, you know, again the the boldness of George Lucas in 1977 to put a female hero as such a prominent hero, right? That mm-hmm. still wasn't a big thing in movies at that time. 
you know, uh, and, and I, and I don't mean to like get into this particular argument, but you know, I mean, I will sadly, you know, you can at least sadly point to some of the very, very clearly misogynistic voices that have come out since last Jedi and right. Like (laughs) just like literally hate women. And and that's clearly a very small, I like to think it's a very small portion of the star Wars community. Yeah, Um, it is. But the thing is, is like, you look back at 1977 and what George did was in a way groundbreaking by making mm-hmm. Leia and like even and, and I think her theme and what John Williams gave us and John Williams I mean the man has been an artist his whole life and and artists always tend to see things in a much more clear beautiful way than the rest of us I really <laughs> I really believe that and John Williams theme for her compare that with Luke's theme right like the big mm-hmm. kind of loud triumphant hero theme of of Star Wars that mm-hmm. is, is mostly Luke's like it is big and it's fun but Leia's is just so mature right from day it one is, yeah. right like she yeah. and Luke mm-hmm. are the same age but Leia kind of like Han and Kira in a way Kira is totally past Han right like yeah. you don't know everything you're right but a bit more than you <laughs> and like that's yeah. Leia could say that to every character in the originals yeah. and in the sequels right like she Leia, knows what she's about yeah. that's the thing she knows what she's about she knows who she is Luke is going on this journey to discover who he is and Leia like out of the gate she knows yeah she knows I mean, she, she she's known since you know baby basically yeah. you know <laughs> she's She's probably, you know, had her manifesto written by age three. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, no, I, I love that you put Leia's theme on here because it's mm-hmm. it's just wonderful. Yeah, that's great. Yep. So, Jason, what is your number six? Number six. My number six. Um, Katie brought this one up earlier. Uh, Ray's theme. Yeah. <laughs> and And Katie... Yeah, I I about fell out of my chair when you said your favorite moment. Yeah, it's mine. Too. Yeah, so, high five. Woo. Virtual <laughs> high five across Skype. Yeah, no, the. Uh, <laughs> you want me to play that moment again? Yeah, Please, do it. If All you right. would. Okay. Three or three or four more times, actually, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I gotta find it. Okay, but oh, here we go. Ray has one of the most beautiful themes in the entire sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, it is phenomenal. Um, I love the theme in general. The reason why this moment is my favorite statement of the theme is this is when the theme has found its purpose. Mm-hmm. It wanders throughout the rest of the film. It's beautiful. It's whimsical. But it wanders. It doesn't have a clear direction, a clear purpose. Mm, mm-hmm. This is where the purpose is achieved. This is where she has a direction to go. She's still searching. She's still got a long ways to go, obviously. But she has a purpose. She has a direction. She has, uh, you know, a place to go and a path to follow. 
And so now she's, this is her first steps into a larger world, in a <laughs> sense. So I I really love the theme. It's it's a beautiful, magical, whimsical theme in general. The, the concert suite is amazing. But used in the film, she's got a purpose now here. This is this is where she's headed. This is the 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 fog has lifted. The sands of Jakku have been, you know, the sandstorms of Jakku have, have cleared for her. Mm-hmm. She's no longer needing to go home. She has, you know, she's not looking back anymore. She's looking forward. Mm-hmm. And and this is when her theme tells us that. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, I, I don't have I don't have much more to say because we already talked about it a little <laughs> bit, and and I I don't have a lot to say about Ray's theme because um, it it just sort of connects with me in a way I can't I can't verbalize. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I, I love it. So yeah, I, I I'm gonna reserve majority of comments till next episode. Um, <laughs> but I, I love this song. Uh, but I do, and this also is, I'll say this is not my favorite use of it. So, um, but I do love it. And going to both of your points or and, and specifically what you're just talking about, Jason, this like searching, um, where is it right here? Watches it. It's like reaching right musically. It's reaching for that high point and here. It's going to get it. Like seizes it and then pulls it down. Right. Like, that's that's john williams storytelling right there it's yeah like you said it's been this searching theme throughout the whole film but here it hits this pinnacle point it seizes it 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 holds that note and then it brings it back down and right and that's that's exactly Mm -hmm. what's happening she's reaching that pinnacle point she's literally going to the top of a mountain and she's going to bring this experience down with her you know Mm -hmm. so he he is telling us musically even before it happens right she hasn't gone up yet but she, he's telling us with her theme, she's got to where she needs to be. She's going to go up there. And whatever happens, she will bring back down with her, right? Which is um, right, like going to what you talked about a few episodes ago, Katie, with the heroine's journey. I think yeah. true of both the heroine and the hero journey, though, is whatever, what, wherever they get to, they, the fruits of where they get has to come back. Yeah, um, And I think that's what John Williams is telling us musically with her theme right there is she has reached this pinnacle point she's she's going to seize it and she's going to come back down with it mm-hmm. um and, and exactly yeah and i'm gonna I, so if you don't mind i'm gonna play it one more time really quick and yeah so here it comes right grab it hold it bring it down and then it's gonna play your theme again but listen it's more mature now right Mm-hmm. There's like a wisdom to it now. It's it's, it's, it's more sure of itself. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, John Williams, you do us right every time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All uh, right, Carl, you got our last one for the night. All right. What's your number six? This was really hard to put at six and not at five. And I'll, I'll explain why it's not five next episode because number five, uh, <laughs> I, I really feel like this should be number five. But are you ready? Yeah. Yes. Let's keep going with some character themes. <gasps> Jar Jar's theme, everyone. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it's Han Solo's theme, conducted by John Williams. Oh, no, I should say composed yeah. by John Williams. But honestly, I prefer John Powell's version of it in the opening of the film. Um, oh. so. Right here, those drums. I mean, definitely all the props to John Williams for, again, composing an amazing piece. But I prefer Powell's adaption to John Williams' concert version. And and, and that's not a knock on John Williams. I never thought I'd say that. I always prefer concert versions. Um, But I love the way Powell uses it at the beginning of the movie. Um, And, uh, again, if you've listened to my Patreon episodes, sorry. That's such a – God, what a cocky plug. I'm so sorry. I'm embarrassed for myself. Apologize Uh, for nothing. But the first episode I did put up for everybody. And, and, you know, right from the beginning of that movie, The Crawl That's Not a Crawl, it's Han's theme. But it's just played very dark and ominous and in a minor key. And then he brings in the drums and and the flourish of it. And, I mean – I love Han Solo. If Han Solo's theme wasn't in my top ten, I would like just have to stop being a Star Wars podcaster. Um, and, and I really, what are you even doing here, Carl? I know. And and I got to be honest. Like, if we did this again in two years, there's a good chance this would be in my top top three or four even. Um, yeah. And and again, like I was so tempted to put it at five, but number five has got a lot of. There's a lot of reason why number five is number five, and I'll get to that obviously next week. Um, but I love the Han Solo theme; it's just so good. And you know, case in you know, case in point, it's it's this big serial theme, right? It's it yeah. captures the adventure and fun that encapsulates Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, and there's something so incredibly heroic. And and again, like there's an A and a B section to the the Han Solo theme. And the A section, like I said, and, and this is not coming from me. This is coming from John Powell. Um, but right, the A section is that big serial heroic theme that tells us who our sco- that our scoundrel is in fact a hero. But then yeah. Part B is that searching theme. But the thing I love every time that Solo's Han's theme pretty much comes up in the movie, specifically in the opening act, it's played with so much fervor and so much earnestness, which to me captures Han's earnest quest for freedom. Um, right. So the the way the music is composed that Powell puts together is it's telling us musically that Han is so earnestly searching for freedom and for whatever that might look like for him. Um, I think it also captures like just that heroic quality of Han in the way that it's, it's constantly reaching. So again, I'd have to go, I have to go to the opening track of it. Um, but uh, I'll, I'm going to fast forward to this part. Here we go. So, you know, I love it because it's it just like it captures like the reality that Han is going to reach this really high point that Han is um, literally reaching for something higher. Kind of similar to what we were talking about with Ray's theme. Um, And to me, it symbolizes Han's climb out of the darkness of his upbringing. Right. His climb out of the the underbelly of Corellia. Um, so the theme is just so perfect in so many ways, but I have yet to give you my favorite statement of it. Although if you listened back when we started 
talking about solo, you're gonna this is gonna come as no surprise. My favorite statement though of the solo theme is in the track Marauders Arrive and it comes yep. at the one minute and twenty three second mark as Han decides to go take over for a very wounded Rio. I just absolutely love that statement. The way it it, it does again. I I, oh, I forgot to ask my my coworker who does music at work what that's the musical term for that. But it's it's callbacks, right? Like you've got the you've got the one section playing it, and then the section right beneath it repeating it. And and I love it. And then they come together in this harmonized moment. So I don't know. It just oh, it's just like the most heroic moment. And like the way he just jumps onto the stairs and runs up the gantry. I'm just like yeah. I just want to go jump outside and jump over some stairs and climb up a gantry. Um, (laughs) It just energizes me every time I see it and every time I hear it. Oh God. I just, I love, I love the solo theme. Yeah, it really does. It elevates him to the status of hero. I mean, he's always been a hero, but now he's a hero in his own right. You know, the, the main character of a story, the titular character, even it, it it really does elevate him. Right. Yeah. It's so good. (laughs) love this scene or this scene this theme so much i love the music of this this movie i love this theme so much i can't tell you how much i love this theme though because (laughs) that's a uh, tease for next week Um, (laughs) good (laughs) (laughs) yes no uh but i i love the moment that you you brought up uh carl because it is it this is han's and i think i think you mentioned this back when we were talking about the the movie itself um, this is Han's real first uh, selfless heroic moment mm. yeah. when he jumps up there to, to try and help Rio out. Um, and the music tells us that. It marks yeah. this. It, it, it highlights this moment. This is, this is a new thing for Han Solo. Yeah. And it, and it defines it and it, it makes sure that you take notice of it. Right. Um, and he... It's it's just so good. It's just so good. <laughs> so uh, I think part of the reason I made it six instead of five too is because I I thought this would be a great song to go out talking about as opposed oh, to Oh yeah, there you about. go. What? <laughs> God, guys, I yeah. love Han Solo. Yeah, uh, I know. Gonna, spoiler I'm alert. Just say the solo soundtrack is the one of the most fun and easy to listen to albums. Period. Yep. Uh, it, it's easier and more fun for me to listen to than Phantom Menace, than ooh, Return of the Jedi. You know, I, I know, <laughs> I know it's strange. I don't understand. Yeah. The way the soundtrack just flows together on the album is so smooth and seamless yep. all the way through. Yep. It's it's easy listening, even though it's mm-hmm. so epic and fun. That's it's, true, yeah. It's the most fun I've had listening to a Star Wars album in its entirety since Phantom Menace. For mm-hmm. me, again, yeah. that's my opinion. Yeah. Um, and it's not a knock on any of the other soundtracks. But when it comes to yeah. just taking the, you know, the album that as it was released 
Phantom Menace was definitely the one I listened to the most from yeah. start to finish. I think Same. it's just a great listening yep. experience. And this is the first one since. Like, I loved Rogue One, but I don't listen to it from beginning to end like I used to. And, and granted, this may change with Solo, but I, I just don't think it will. Like, I just, it just grabs me every time. Um, and yeah. I'm like, oh, this track's almost over. And I'm like, but wait, this one's coming. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, it, there is no track. On the album, I skip. Oh, there's one. Mm. I do have one. I won't lie. Um, I always skip the uh, into the maw or whatever. Um, yeah, I, just, okay, okay. I, I don't. I don't hate it or anything. I just. I. I tend to skip that one, and I knew I would. That's also the scene in the movie that I know over time. Like that's the scene watch, you're gonna get up and get it and refill your exactly. Your drink. Yeah, and if, and if I don't need another drink, I'll probably fast forward through it. And it's again, it's not because I hate it or anything. It's just that's one of those scenes that's just. It's just. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you know what? Let's get that. Uh, let's start that. Let's start that. Bring in the drums, y'all. This is like the B section. Oh man, I just had a thought, and I'm uh, very oh, excited about just this. Just the one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just shame, noticed buddy. that where where that song is building in the beginning of the film, that's in the B section, which is about his search and those big statements as the solo track is flying at you. That's all in the B section, as if the heroism of Han in this part of his story is wrapped up in his quest for freedom. Oh, right? Yeah. Like, I really think that's the truth. Like, for Powell at the beginning of this film, what makes him heroic is his quest for freedom. Um, yeah. That's, I, I would say. I like that. So, I like it. I could be completely wrong and just reading into it. It's been known to happen. But, um, <laughs> I just, like, as I'm listening to that, though, it's like, this is. What? Possibly. <laughs> um, <laughs> as I'm listening to that there, though, it's like, it's not the A section, it's not that big bombastic heroic part it's actually in the b section the searching part and it's like wow that's where he's making the big powerful statement where solo comes at us so i really do think that he's telling us musically that the heroism of han is wrapped up in this part of his story in his quest for freedom there you go i like like that i like it yeah. Well, folks, please, please listen to our show, David Collins, and tell me I'm right or wrong. I don't even if I'm wrong, I don't care. You can be the one to tell me. Yeah, <laughs> please. <laughs> I, I, um, he's, he's amazing. Well, there you go. That's, yes. that's like 10 through six of our top 10 list for favorite wow. musical themes. Oh, I cannot wait for next week. Same. Right. Oh, my gosh. This was like I, I feel like I just ran a marathon. Like we went through so <laughs> many just great tracks and my emotions are all keyed up i'm actually exhausted i don't know how i'm gonna survive next week because getting (laughs) getting into the top five like uh oh uh i can't here's the the weird thing my top five Mm -hmm. have oh i don't want to say this okay never mind no save it for next week week. yeah anyway yeah so as always you know y'all you gotta like tell us some of your favorite tracks um, yeah. Which actually, in fact, in, in fact, or I should say, in tract. Come on, John Powell, give me a dum dum. He'd make it sound like really epic, though. It'd be like. <laughs> 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 
right, sorry. Or maybe it would just make it sound like you fell down some stairs. That um, too. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, you were saying. Yes. So we, we have a poll for you all for next episode um, to celebrate our five through one. We want you to tell us what your favorite theme is in Star Wars. Favorite musical theme in Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we're. We're going to be wrapping up and getting to our favorites next week. So we want to include you in on that discussion, too. So that's our poll. Favorite musical theme in Star Wars for next week. Um, and Carl, if they want to weigh in on that, if they want to just tell us how silly we are for our you know, intense reading into of musical themes, um, where can they do that? Uh, well, they can do it on Facebook. Um, they can find us there at Wampus Lair Podcast. Definitely follow us on Twitter at Wampus Lair. And um, certainly uh, email us if you have anything to say, wampuslarpodcast at gmail.com. And definitely consider checking out our Patreon page. We've got these fun little mini episodes. I've been having a great time breaking down the solo soundtrack a little bit more in depth. Um, you know, So uh, head on over to patreon.com slash wampuslarpodcast and, and consider uh, making a contribution if, if you feel so inclined. Um, Katie. You are one of the most incredibly intelligent and insightful people in Star Wars, and you're always tweeting great things. Where can they find you? Oh, my gosh. That's so nice. You can find me sobbing about Carl's compliments <laughs> at Poha Dameron on Twitter. Or at Nickelback Lover. Um, yeah, that, that's her uh, other, uh, uh, her I don't other know what you're going to find if you go there. <laughs> yeah, don't go there. <laughs> don't go there. Don't go there. You... Um, that, will, that will lead you into a hive of scum and villainy. You must be cautious. Um, as we promised in episode 300 last week, um, at the end of this episode, and you're probably thinking to yourself, good lord, this is a long show, which, to be fair, it is. We are in over two hours. But um, we're, it's going to be about two and a half hours because we are going to start with the A New Hope radio drama. So if you want to listen, stick around after the show. And we will be playing episode one, A Wind to Shake the Stars. And uh, so certainly stick around if you'd like to hear that. Yes, please do. The radio dramas are fantastic, particularly uh, the New Hope radio drama. Yes. It's amazing. All right. Anything else, folks, before we wrap up this episode? No, sir. Right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. It's been episode number 301, Top 10 Musical Themes, Part 1. For Carl and Katie, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time in Part 2, here in the Wampus Lair. Based on characters and situations created by George Lucas. Episode 1 A Wind to Shake the Stars.
A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, there came a time of revolution, when rebels united to challenge a tyrannical empire. But most of the citizens of that vast empire of a million star systems took little notice of this tremendous conflict, at least at first. On the desert planet Tatooine, as on countless other worlds, life goes on while great events are shaping the future of a galaxy. Here, amid the endless sands and the dune seas, the hostile wastes and barren lands, human beings struggle and endure. And here, too, men and women laugh and cry, hope and dream. So don't just dream about applying for the Academy. Make it come true. You can find a career in space. Exploration, Starfleet, or Merchant Service. Choose from navigation, engineering, space medicine, contact liaison, and more. If you have the right stuff to take on the universe and standardized examination scores and meet requirements, dispatch your application to... Screening Office, Carry the Commandant, Imperial Space Academy, your sector, and join the ranks of the proud. I'm out here in the tech dome, Wendy. Hey, Skywalker, come on. Everyone's over at the power station. We're going out to Beggar's Canyon. Uh, my hopper's acting up. Something's wrong with her thrust bias, so I'm going to ride with you. Sure. How'd you get here? Uh, my folks came over in the land speeder to see your uncle and aunt, and I hitched a ride. Oh. <laughs> what are you acting so guilty about? Huh? Oh, nothing, nothing. Uh-huh. Come on, let's see that tape, hey, Skywalker. Will you come on? Give me that. Come on, Cut it out, Wendy. Aha! Applicant's information packet. Imperial Space Academy. Will you stop it? <laughs> You're still seeing Novus, huh, Luke? <laughs> Looks like this tape's been played a few thousand times. Give it back! The great Luke Skywalker, hero of the universe. <laughs> when are you going to grow up, Luke? You're a farm boy, just like me. Hand it over, Wendy, or I'll take it. Okay, here. <laughs> Take it. What are you getting so touchy about? Come on, come on, get your skyhopper going. I'll roll back the dome. Why'd your folks come over anyway? Oh, to talk about the moisture harvest, complain about crop prices. Who cares? I guess it's a mercy visit, you know? Yeah. Aunt Beru's always eager for company. Even Uncle Owen is. <laughs> but he'd never admit it. Well, get in, Wendy. Time's wasting. I don't expect to have another whole free day till the moisture harvest is in. Sounds smooth, Luke. Yeah, I worked on her all day yesterday. Well, listen, if you're planning on doing any racing, you can count me out, Skywalker. <laughs> Tatooine is no academy, and you're no star pilot. Not yet, anyway. Well, I adjusted the thrust sequence for extra boost. You better hang on to your seat. Fixer. 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 What? Skywalker's here? So what? Don't bother me with small fry. Where's the juice? I'm thirsty. Here, catch one. <laughs> hey, everybody. Where's the party? Wherever I am, Luke. Right, Cammy? Correct, lover. <laughs> hey, boys. 
Guess what Skywalker was doing? Hey. Sitting in the tech dome playing an academy recruitment table. <laughs> not. You never yeah, change, no. Skywalker. Is that all you want out of life? To parade around in a fancy uniform? So what do you want that's so much better, Fixer? Yeah, you watch it, boy. Just because you got lucky on a couple of crummy tests that doesn't make you some kind of junior space explorer. I never said I was any You know what I did back when they made me take those exams? What? I walked in, filled out my name, and walked out again. <laughs> I showed him. Yeah. Yeah, just because he can answer fancy trick questions and do school book flight maneuvers, he thinks it makes him better than I us. Yeah, Luke. So you happen to qualify. So what? What do you think you are, Biggs or something? Yeah, he just wants to go to the Academy because Biggs did. He always was his hero. Yeah, I'd like to go to the Academy. Why shouldn't I? Because it's for suckers, Skywalker. <laughs> they want to stick you into a uniform and give you orders. At least here at the power station, I'm my own boss. <laughs> anyway, my father says the Empire is just recruiting more people into the Academies so they can draft them into the Starfleet. Do you mm -hmm. think anybody out there cares about Luke Skywalker? Mm -hmm. well, if you leave home, nobody knows you. Hey, where is the juice? Here it is. Yeah, yeah. So, what's on the program for today, Fixer? Speed run, Skywalker. Speed runs. Oh? Let me see how much time I can shave off the back stretch. There's no way you can cut much more time off your lap, Fix. Hmm? You're almost matching Biggs' best time around Beggar's Canyon as it is. Yeah, well, Biggs isn't here, and I am. I'm as good as he ever was. Oh, yeah, well, then why don't you thread the stone needle like Biggs did? Luke. That ought to take five seconds or better off your time. Yeah, and Biggs is the only one who ever flew through it at racing speed. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I was just saying that if you want to improve your score, you're, you're gonna crazy, Luke. Why don't you guys go buzz the Womprats and take a few pot shots at him? The speedrun stuff is going to get somebody killed. Hey, 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 what's the matter, Cammy? You don't think I can do it? Listen, anything the great Biggs Darklighter could do, I can do. I never said you couldn't fix it. Yeah, nobody was knocking you, Fixer. Besides, I don't need any shortcuts. Hey, do you want to try and keep up with me? Oh, Fixer. Huh? What, me? What, are you, are you scared, Wormy? Yeah. All right, oh, you're on. Crazy. Ooh, boy, Wormy against the Fixer. Oh, That's going to be a slaughter. Well, then you can ride with Fixer, Deke. What are we waiting for, boys? Let's go. Fixer, come back here, Fixer. I want this to stop right now. Good luck, Skywalker. See you in the tight spot. Hey, I couldn't find those macro binoculars anywhere. Never mind, Wendy. Buckle up. Hey, what are you doing? Standing in for Biggs. Brace yourself. Uh, Here we go. One run down the back stretch, Skywalker, whenever you're ready. Hey, wait a minute. You and Fix are in the bottleneck together? Count me out. Well, jump. Uh, Fall in even wait. with me, Skywalker, and we'll let her rip. Yeah. Okay, hit it. Oh. Look out! Will you shut up and keep... Oh, no, you distracted me, Wendy. Now uh, Fixer's got the lead. Well, let us keep it. I want to live. Narrow to get past him. Whatever you do, don't go for altitude. Don't go for altitude. The crosswinds will smash us right into the canyon wall. Just make yourself comfortable back there, far boy. It'll all be over in a minute. Yeah, that's what you think. Hey, you idiot, you took the wrong turn. You're headed for the stone needle. Yeah, I bet we shaved five seconds off our time. You're gonna kill us both. There's no going back now. Stay gripped, Wendy. We made it! Wendy, open your eyes! We made it! I'm, I'm alive! 
I don't believe it. Hey, you stabilize. He's gone. Oh, I can hold her. We've still got to cross that finish line. He'll crash us. Here we go. I told you I could bring her in. Hey, Wendy, we won. <laughs> we won. Won. Luke, you're crazy. <laughs> crazy. I'm riding home with one of the others. You're just an accident looking for a place to happen. <laughs> oh, Biggs. You should have been here. Your uncle's in a big hurry today. He says things are still behind schedule. Come on now, eat your breakfast before it gets cold. Okay. But I don't think the desert's going anywhere. No, it'll still be there, Luke. And if we don't get things ready for the season in time, that's all it'll be, a desert. I want some hard work today. Yes, sir. Keep an eye peeled when you're out. There are reports of sand people. I want you to see what you can do with the units up on the South Ridge. I expect them all to be running 100% and smooth before the day's end. But Uncle Owen, those evaporators are 10 years old. They should have been replaced a long time ago. Well, you can get them functioning up to specs if you roll up your sleeves and quit your daydreaming. Look, I need a farmhand who'll pitch in, not a nephew who's heading the stars half the time. You pull your weight today or there'll be trouble. Owen! Come on, finish what's left before it gets cold, both of you. Luke, dear... I put your lunch in the land speeder so you wouldn't forget it. Thanks, Aunt Peru. Well, I guess I'd better get going. Take the treadwell with you. Treadwell? But that old droid's in worse shape than the evaporators, Uncle Owen. What about getting some new droids? Oh, just what I need. Another expense. But with another droid or two, we could keep the whole farm at peak efficiency right through the harvest. Look, I can check around Toshi Station and Anchorhead, and there'll probably be a Jawa Sandcrawler passing through any time now. Maybe they'd have something we could use. Luke, give over your daydreaming and do your share, and we won't need any droids. I never let you want for anything, have I? Huh? Well, then, young fella, at least you can do is show some gratitude. Oh, Lars! Oh, and we could use a little more help. A droid that spoke domestic bocce could help me round the house, too, when you didn't need it. Oh, well. Luke, goodbye, dear. Goodbye, Emperor. I'll do my best with those evaporators, Uncle Owen. Honestly, Owen, I don't know what gets into you at times. Luke's never asked us for a thing. He works as hard as any farmhand. He could have gone off on his own long ago, and you know that. Baru, with his mind wandering half the time, he's never going to make his way in life. But you can't begrudge him his dreams. A person has to have their dreams. I've never once complained about living out here or hardly ever seeing other people or going without when the moisture harvest was bad, have I? I see here, Mrs. I never said to you. Oh, and even to the young people over at Anchorhead, Luke is an outsider. He hasn't had a close friend since Biggs went to the academy. I, I don't want him coming to harm, Baru. I want what's best for him. I know that, Owen. But it wouldn't hurt to tell him so. Well, I'll be most of the day on those condensers in the upper basin. Won't be home till evening, I expect. I'll have supper waiting, Owen.
Hey, Treadwell, come hold this junction plate in place while I torque it down, will you? That's it. That ought to do it. Now, let's give this old relic a try. Nothing. How does Uncle Owen expect me to keep these junk heaps running? Uh, Treadwell, clamp these two leads together while I splice them. No, no, you idiot. Will you use your insulated arm? Release! Release! Back off! <sighs> what I wouldn't give to be on another planet. Any planet. Owen's not gonna like this a bit. Now I've got two major overhauls on my hands. Treadwell, get over to the land speeder. If we don't get those new droids now, we'll be in real trouble for the moisture harvest. Well, the sky is still clear anyway. At least there's no sandstorms blowing up. Maybe we can have things ready, but... Hey, what's that up there? I know you don't know, you maniac. Where are my macro binoculars? What? I know I left them in there someplace. Ah, here they are. Now let's see. Yeah, yeah. There's two ships out there, all right. Two of them at least. And they're firing on each other. It's incredible. Boy, they're really going at it out there. Come on, Treadwell! Get yourself over to the land speeder. I've got to get into Anchorhead and tell Fixer about this. Well, get it in gear, will ya? Okay, stay put then. I'll pick you up on the way home. Did I just hear a young noise blast in here? Come on, Wendy's got a shot to make and there's money yeah. riding yeah. on her. Yeah. Come on, shape it up, you guys. Wait till you hear what I hey, just... We got company, Luke. What? <laughs> when did you get back from the academy? So the two shooting stars are reunited at last. I'm so thrilled to be here for I just got in on the shuttle. I wanted to surprise you, Luke. You know, I thought you'd be here when I arrived. I forgot you have the harvest coming up. Hey, but how come you're back so soon? Didn't you get your commission? Sure. Hey, I got it. The academy accelerated our courses. It seems the Empire wants the commercial space lines expanded as soon as possible. Wow. <laughs> you ought to drop the Emperor a Thank you, Note Biggs. That's the only way you could have gotten out of that academy. Yeah. <laughs> Signed on with the Starship Rand Ecliptic. <laughs> Third mate Biggs Darklighter at your service. <laughs> hey, how's this for a snappy salute? Uh, well, I hope you fly a ship better than you salute. Oh, Luke, what do you know? I think Biggs looks just fabulous in his uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Biggs just had to come back and say goodbye to all us planet-bound simpletons. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I almost forgot. Drop the game and come outside quick. You guys have got to see something. There's a battle going on uh, beyond the atmosphere. What are you going to stop seeing things and grow up, Skywalker? Uh -huh. Space battles. What a jerk. Biggs, I didn't just imagine this one. Well, if you say so, Luke. Hey, Deke, turn off that game. Oh, hey, it will still be here when we get back. Oh, here we go again. Captain Skywalker has sighted the enemy again, sir. <laughs> and is advancing to the rear. Right. Oh, <laughs> Let's see. 
Yep, they're still there. I counted two earlier. Here, Biggs, you take the macro. See for yourself. Well, will do. What do you think, Biggs? Yeah, I'm afraid that... Yeah, that's no battle up there, Luke. <laughs> what? Here, Cammy. Yeah, it's probably just a tanker fueling a freighter. No, no, it's the rebellion, right, Luke? All the way out here on the backside of nowhere. But there was a lot of firing before. I, I swear there was. Uh, I saw it. Well, then why would they still be holding position over Tatooine? Oh, Luke, they're not doing a thing up there. Firing my foot. Here, take these things back. Hey, Cammy, be careful with those. Don't worry about it, Luke. These cost me a half-season saving. She told you not to worry about it, Wormy. Hey, Fixer, the show is over. Haven't you got work to do? Come on, Cammy. What? Are you just gonna let I him... I said, come on. So long, guys. You know, they're right about one thing, Luke. The rebellion against the Empire is a long way from here. You know, I doubt the Imperials would bother with this system. But I could have sworn I saw... Hey, come on, I tell you what. Let's let's take a spin in that land speeder of yours, huh? I'd like to take one last look at Beggar's Canyon. Yeah, for old time's sake. Sure, Biggs. <laughs> Boy, you should have been there the other day when we ran the canyon. Yeah. You know, all fixers started bragging about, oh, he could do anything that Biggs could do, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, hey, you're so smart, why don't you... Yeah, and Fixer just pretended it never happened. <laughs> or as my skyhoppers busted up pretty bad. <laughs> I'm sure that made your uncle happy. Ooh, you have no idea. I'm grounded for the rest of the season. Nah, nah, you ought to take it a little easier, Luke. Nah. I mean, even if you are the hottest gully jumper this side of Maws Isley, you keep it up, buddy, and one day, whammo, you'll be nothing but a dark smear on a canyon wall. <laughs> hey, why'd you want me to come out to Beggar's Canyon anyway? Like I said, old time's sake. I mean, who knows when I'll be back this way, right? Huh? I guess. Well, there it is. The old stone needle. You know, you can see practically the whole canyon from this part of the rim. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I lived through all the crazy stunts we pulled down here. <laughs> I remember some of those. <laughs> Boy, we had the hopper now. We could give those womp rats a surprise. Oh, sorry. No, I, I am now valuable property. Keeping in mind the expense of cadet training, all graduates shall refrain from unnecessary risk-taking. <laughs> you? Do they happen to know how many stabilizer veins you've been up on the back stretch down there? Or how about the time you almost wiped out the stone field? <laughs> I, I figured it was better not to mention those to my piloting instructors. <laughs> Boy, it hasn't been the same since you left, Biggs. It's been so quiet. <laughs> I'll bet. Yeah, you were always number one around here, Biggs. You were the one who made things happen. Yeah, that's a big galaxy, Luke. At the Academy, everybody was number one back where they came from. All of a sudden, I was just a face in the crowd. Yeah, but you made it, Biggs. <sighs> You're gonna see all those places we used to talk about. Yep. Luke, did you ever wonder why we're friends? Huh? The rest of them, back at Anchorhead. They'll never leave Tatooine. Maybe never get as far as Mos Eisley. Have you ever thought about that? Well, not exactly like that, I haven't. Fixer's just smart enough to know he's better off being a big noise in a small room. Cammy's dumb enough to think she's made the prize catch hereabouts, and Wendy's nothing but a follower, and Deke's the follower of a follower. But what are you saying, Biggs? You will make it off Tatooine, Luke. And they know it. That's why they won't accept you. 
Well, they're not so bad. I, I don't really mind them. Then how come you work so hard at being the hottest pilot around, huh? Well, hey, I... hey, did you see that? Well, Off on the far side of the canyon. Wh where? Sand people! You got your macros? Yeah, right here. Yep, three banthas and it looks like five Tuscan raiders. Yeah? Yeah, they're, they're moving out towards the wastes. Hey, I'm supposed to keep a watch out for them at the farm. My uncle said there'd been some sightings around here. I know. I should get back. Hey, I don't think it's anything to worry about. Well, that's a little excitement for your visit. You only think this planet's boring because you've never been anywhere else, Luke. Luke, I didn't... I didn't come home just for a visit. If I don't come back, I wanted somebody to know. What? Well, know what? Honestly, Biggs, will you stop being so secretive? Luke, I made some... I made some friends at the Academy. Yeah? And one of them will be on the Rand Ecliptic with me. At our first port of call in the Inner Systems, we're going to jump ship and join the Rebel Alliance. But that's crazy! You could wander around forever trying to find them. Look, the Empire can't even find well, them. Well, if we don't find the Rebels, then we're gonna do what we can on our own. I'm not hanging around to get drafted into the Imperial Starfleet. The Rebellion's spreading Luke, and I want to be on the side I believe in. Yeah, and I'm stuck here. But I, I thought you were going to the Academy next week. I had to cancel my application. You know, the sand people acting up again. Come on, Luke! Your uncle could hold off a whole Tuscan raiding party with one blaster. One of these days, buddy, you've got to separate what seems important from what is. But the farm's just about to start paying off. Look, Uncle Owen needs me for one more season. Biggs, I can't just run out on him and Aunt Baru now. Uncle Owen, Aunt Baru, first it's sand people, now it's the crop. Meanwhile, your application's been canceled, Luke. Canceled. Luke, listen to me. Your uncle uses that I fed you and brought you up line to keep you here. Can't you see that? Biggs, my aunt and uncle are the only family I've got. They're all I've got. I don't care what you or anybody else thinks about me. I can't let anything happen to those Luke, two. Luke, I didn't I'll mean to. I'll go on. Find your rebellion. You don't think I'd like to leave? You think I like staying behind? No, I never thought that, Luke. Well, that's how it sounded. Oh, here, I'll let you off by the power station. <sighs> Thanks for the ride, Luke. Yeah. Sure. Luke. Luke, I had a friend at the Academy. He helped me through the way I, the way I used to help you. Just before graduation, I heard he got picked up during a roundup of rebel suspects. And they said he died in interrogation. You've changed, Biggs. You've changed a lot. I have been doing some thinking, Luke. <sighs> but, uh... Well, you're the same as ever. It's... Hey, tell me, are you, are you still keeping a lookout for that dream girl you used to talk about? <laughs> well, I don't know her if she passes by. Biggs, I'm sorry about what I said back there. Yeah, me too. Hey, just let's forget it. Will you be around long? No, I'm leaving on the morning shuttle. Looks like there's a wind kicking up. <laughs> Wind's rising all over the Empire, Luke. Even Tatooine will feel it sooner or later. I guess 
won't be seeing you for a while. Oh, maybe someday. I'll be watching for you. Listen, next season, I'm going to be going to the Academy for sure. <laughs> no, I am, I am. Take care of yourself. So long, Luke. Biggs. Yeah? Do you really think those ships out there were just freighters? Well, not if you say they were firing, Hotshot. With an abruptness he will find difficult to believe, Luke Skywalker's life is about to change beyond his wildest dreams as he swept up in the bitter war between rebel alliance and empire. And soon, a captive princess's desperate plea for help, the final quest of a legendary hero, and the key to the empire's most awesome weapon will be decided by the actions of a young farm boy from Tatooine. Star Wars, Episode One by Brian Daly, based on characters and situations created by George Lucas. Featured in the cast were Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Kale Brown as Biggs, Anne Garrity as Aunt Beru, and Thomas Hill as Uncle Owen. The series was directed by John Madden, with sound mixing and post-production by Tom Vigley. Music by John Williams. Sound design for Lucasfilm by Ben Burt. Story editor for the series was Lindsay Smith. Casting and production coordination by Mel Sarr. Executive producer was Richard Toscan. Executive producer for Lucasfilm was Carol Titleman. <laughs>